This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. So we're back in the saddle after a long hiatus. Yeah, like years. It's only been a few weeks or so, maybe a month. Do you remember what we were supposed to cover in this episode? Our ears? Now cut that out. Think back to the 60s, 1963 specifically. There was a great national tragedy. Give me another hint. Think clean cut, handsome, intelligent, women loved him. Dolby Gillis. What? JFK, you goof. Project Humanoid, this is Murder, My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And I'm Jackson Wells. And we're back! We are! It has been a little while. We're here. But we're here. Yeah. And we're here to stay, I think. I hope. High hopes. I have high hopes. Yeah. High apple pie in the sky hopes. Oh, God. Mm. Apple pie. Oh, yeah, pie. Only in the proper position, yeah. God, only. I love apple pie. It's pretty good. Uh, I specifically love apple pie a la mode. Excellent. Yeah, I think any kind of pie. Alamo. I wonder how that became like the quintessential American pie because it was talking about like apple pie and baseball, and baseball yeah. and all these other things. Right, pierogies. I don't think that's a quintessential American. Well, thing. that would be a quintessential maybe, Polish. Maybe thing. not in your America, but in my America, pierogies. All right. So to break down the fourth wall, we did a little opening. It wasn't exactly worked out like how Dobie would say it and uh, Maynard because we're shitty actors. Uh, but <laughs> All right, for, for for some of our listeners, let's kind of just jump back. What sure. is Dobie Gillis? Who is Dobie Gillis? Because a lot Google, of people may not know. Google would help. Google would help. Google would help. So Dobie Gillis was a show that ran from 1953 to 19, uh, 19, I'm sorry, 1959 to 1963. Uh, it ran for four seasons. And uh, it starred Dwayne Hickman as Dobie Gillis. It had Bob Denver, who you would know as Gilligan from Gilligan's Island, as Maynard G. Krebs. The G stands for Walter. Uh, and it had a bunch of other people. It had um, Florida Freebus as uh, Dobie's mom, uh, Frank Fr- uh, Phelan as Dobie's dad. It a lot had of F's in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, uh, it's like a DC character. Yeah. You know? They like to do a lot of alliteration in the Yeah, old I think it was like especially like the fifties and sixties when this came out, that was a huge thing. Um so Dobie Gillis, uh and, and, and Dobie would sit there and he would break down the fourth wall. Uh during, especially during the first season, you would always see like he would be sitting in front of uh Rodan's The Thinker. I don't I don't remember I don't, specifically what the uh, French name was, like Le Passeur. The Thinker. I don't think it was. Le Thinker. I think it was something like Le I don't remember what it was. I'm not, I don't even want to attempt that again. Uh, but anyway, the Thinker statue would be like in this park and uh, Dobie would be sitting in front of it, kind of like mimicking the same position. And then he would talk to the camera. And it was called The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis because uh, each episode was basically supposed to, he was supposed to have like another love, like another love interest. Um, but then they, uh, 
they kind of they they brought up like in the first season they had this girl named Tuesday Weld. Now, which is funny, is because Dwayne Hickman was uh like in his twenties, like early to mid twenties during yeah, he was playing older than he was right during the filming of this. Or and, he was older than he was playing, I should say. Right, and Tuesday Weld was like fifteen, and she was beautiful, like such a pretty girl. But but you look back and you're like, ooh, <laughs> like you couldn't do that today. You couldn't cast like a 15 year old girl and a 25 year old guy today. Obviously, you just you couldn't do that. Um, but but I I suppose stuff like that, you know, happened quite a bit in those days. Uh, but anyway, so the Dobie, uh, so you had you had Dobie Dobie Gillis, Maynard G. Krebs, Thalia Menninger, uh. Menninger, 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 uh, who was played by Tuesday Weld. Meningitis. Um, and then you had uh, Zelda Gilroy, uh, who was played by Sheila. Well, I think it's like Sheila Kuehl would be her last uh, last name today, uh, which I think is her, her real last name. But she was credited as Sheila James uh, on the show back then. Well, anyway, those four are actually the basis of the Scooby-Doo gang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doby being Fred, Shaggy being or Maynard being Shaggy, uh, and um, Thalia is Daphne and Zelda is Velma. Yeah, so those tropes you have the clean cut like all American boy, the hippie, the nerdy girl, and right. the well, the, the beat he was he was the beatnik, beatnik, yeah, yeah I guess, and the, and the preppy girl. Yeah, but yeah, beatniks weren't really around by the time Scooby Doo came. Well, she out, was so like the rich, like the rich daddy's girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know that's even more Daphne. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's a fantastic show. Um, I I remember it being on Nick at Night when I was a kid. Like I was like I don't know, ten years old because it was yeah, nineteen ninety, I believe. And like summer nights, my mom would be going to work or whatever, and I would just go like I'd be hanging out in my dad's bedroom. And uh, I would sleep in the bedroom at because he had the air conditioner. So, you know, like a hot night, I'm sleeping in there. And my dad, for whatever reason, would end up sleeping on a couch a lot. So I'd be laying upstairs, like watching Dobie Gillis at, at night. Like I watched all this, like Get Smart, mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke. I remember Dragnet being Dragnet, on yeah. I'd watch all that stuff. Which was uh, one of the early true crime shows because a lot of the stuff they got, uh, Jack Webb was a producer of the show too, yeah. and he would pay... LAPD officers for like stories and just the names were changed to protect the innocent. Right. Yeah. I guess it's a little lazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're not really coming up with your own stories. You know, you're just, you're, you're taking existing, which is kind of cool though, at the same time. And law and order did a lot of rip from the headline stuff where it was a very thinly, thinly right. veiled yeah. version of something. Um, so yeah. So throughout the years for, you know, 30 years, I've been a Dobie Gillis fan. Uh, recently, I guess maybe the last 10 years or so, maybe 10, 15 years, Shout Factory put put it out on DVD. You could find Dobie Gillis now on uh, Voodoo. It's uh, V-U-D-U. Um, I think it's also... Tubi, you said, right? Tubi TV? Tubi TV. Uh, it's on Voodoo and Tubi TV. I, that's how I watch it. I watch it on Tubi. T-U-B-I. Yeah, th- this is definitely your obsession du jour. You're all about Dobie Gillis right now. Yeah, but it the thing is, is it, it happens like every so often. Like I was really into it. Like if you scroll back through my Instagram, you'll see like I I put a post. It was like last April or something like that. It was like ah, it's a Dobie Gills kind of day. Um, yeah, that's what I'm into right now. Uh, just really into that because I. So what happened was, 
uh, I was looking through old posts of uh, the town we live in and somebody, somebody put a post up about like old soda fountains and I was like, damn, I just want to watch like something with old, you know, that has old soda fountains in it. And I remembered Dobie Gillis having like a malt shop in mm-hmm. it because as you know, I'm a big Archie fan. Right. Like, you know, Archie and Betty and Veronica. And Riverdale, everything. all that stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. And a lot of it's very similar. You have Archie, who's the clean cut, like all American boy. Right. Jughead, who's the slacker. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Betty and Veronica. Like, it's it's very, you know, you have the one who's like the rich girl. It's. Yeah, that, that trope seems to be very on the present. Yeah. Like, it made me right. kind of think of Saved by the Bell with, like, uh, Zach Morris talking to the camera, kind of like Dobie did. It seems like they, they took some, you know. That one wasn't as like like clear cut because there's no real Maynard because Slater's like uh, a jock. And no, but uh, Screech is a nerd. Screech is a nerd, but he might be your Maynard type. Yeah, he's more of the comic relief. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I was in all those shows. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I wanted something that I was like, oh, I, would, I just want to watch something with because that's my dr- my dream right now it's and and it's been for a bit and i would love i want to open an old-fashioned soda fountain like a turn of the century not not even like a 1950s diner you know like because that, that stuff came in into play you know obviously later you know with like the old school diner like with the mm-hmm. the red seats and the yeah, it'd be like a pharmacy w- normally right but i'm talking yeah i'm talking like old school right like right. like how they would have the soda fountain at the at the pharmacies and even mm-hmm. candy shops um that's what I'm into. And things like that are popping up all over the place. You have like Franklin Pharmacy in Philly. You have, um, uh, there's multiple places. You have Brooklyn Pharmacy, obviously in Brooklyn. And there's, you know, there's different places where you can get old fashioned egg creams and um, God, Santa Monica on a pier. On the Is Santa it like Mon- a hipstery thing now? Or no, it's it? not even a hipster thing. It's just, it's just a, like people that, that understand and know what soda fountains are. And I, I guess, like Franklin Fountain, I guess you could say like the brothers that own it are kind of hipsterish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that anytime somebody is into something older, like like people that are really into uh, like Victorian era things or early 1900s, like what, what would that be? Edwardian, right? I guess so. Yeah, after Victorian was Edwardian. So I think anybody that's really into that style, they're going to be like, oh, you're a hipster. It's like just because somebody likes something, you know, like. They're kids that, that try to mimic the 80s. We don't call them hipsters. But as soon as somebody's like from like the 60s or 70s, right. we want to call them hipsters. Like, I want to be like an old 1970s, like, slap me some skin, daddy. <laughs> I want to be <laughs> listening to Motown. And, right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Like some Jackie Brown shit. Uh, yeah. 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 You'd be Max Cherry. I want to be a bail bandsman. <laughs> I got so sad watching Better Call Saul. That's bad. And I love Better Call Saul. It's yeah. Been, First two episodes of this season have been great. I'm going to miss it because not this season, but the next season is going to be the last one. And they had Robert Forster. Yeah. I don't know if they recorded it, like filmed the stuff before he passed away or if they just used old stuff, but it was like the last t- stuff he did for Better Call Saul. It's crazy. Because I know he was in El Camino, which is the Breaking Bad movie. Did they have uh, his character? Does his character die? No. No. His character His character's like a vacuum salesman. But no, I mean in the show. Like, no, no, no. Spoiler just- alert. No, like, uh, yeah, they they have these things at the beginning of every season where you see present day 
And it's Jimmy McGill after well, he I wonder was how Goodman. I wonder what what they're going to do with Robert Forster's character. Like, uh, they're probably just not going to use him because he's on the uh, Jimmy McGill's on the phone with him because he's he has this new life in Omaha. He manages manages a Cinnabon in the mall. Yeah, and somebody recognizes him, so he's calling them up. He's calling this vacuum salesman up, Robert Forster. Yeah, so he can disappear again. And by the way, are all of our levels? Do they? Does everything? Look everything good? looks fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little nervous. It's been a while. And I think everything everything should be fine. Okay. And so he he's trying to arrange another pickup so he can disappear again somewhere else. Uh-huh. And then he's like, "Never mind, I'll take care of it myself." Right. And he's and 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 then Robert Forster is like, "To be clear, you're canceling your order." And unless they had a Robert Forster like no, they you can see his face. Oh, and okay. okay. And then he just he's like, "Yeah," and he hangs no, they up. just use like CGI. They could have, yeah. <laughs> you can do anything now. But yeah, so they just hang. That's crazy. They just hang up, and he hangs up on him. And he's like saying he's going to take care of itself, and then it just flashes into the future. Right. Oh, I smacked the microphone thing. Um, but but yeah, so go, going back to the uh, thing, because somebody's going, how the fuck did we just get from Dobie Gillis to uh, Better Call Saul? On a murder podcast. <laughs> You're right, yeah. So, so yeah. So, the the whole, like, uh, fountain sort of thing, I got really into the history, and then I was like, oh, Dobie Gillis, you know, because um, I remembered the malt shop, and, uh, you know, and then I started watching the show, and... Um, I'd done some research, uh, and I was interested in like because Dwayne Hickman's still alive. He's eighty five years old. He played obviously because he played younger than what he really is, um, and he's uh, he's eighty five years old. A uh, cool thing is his birthday is like five days before mine, uh, so he's gonna be he's gonna be eighty six. I'm gonna be forty, uh, but I just happened to do a little bit of research, and I saw that he has he has two sons. Uh, one was born, I believe in the sixties, mm-hmm. uh, and another was born in like something somewhere like 92. Okay. And, uh, that's Albert. He's got a son, Albert. And so I followed him on, uh, Instagram and, uh, Albert is in a band and I actually started talking to him and I had a question. It was kind of like a burning question for me for years, for a long time. I've been wondering what the hell happened to the statue from Dobie Gillis, the thicker statue that Dobie's always in front of. Like I've wondered that uh, for years, like what the hell happened to the statue? And so I asked them and Mm -hmm. I got an answer. And the answer is, and this is where we should just like fucking move on to something else. So it's a cliffhanger (laughs) Uh, next week. You'll find the answer. No, he said that, uh, so the, the, the statue was in their basement. Like he had the statue in his basement growing up, uh, but they donated the statue to a comedy museum in Florida, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. You know, so I, and, and I was going to ask him because I remember, and I didn't really, I'd never really thought about this until recently. It was maybe like a week ago. I'm watching him and I'm looking at the statue and I go, is that foam? Like, because I couldn't imagine that they actually just had a real statue, like sculpted out of like bronze or some, sh- you know, some right. shit, and and then would have to move that around, you know, much cheaper to just make something out of foam, right? And I'm like, is that foam? And sure enough, I didn't even have to ask because he goes, yeah, and I think it was made of foam, and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> there's that question. Super cool dude, and uh, he has a band called Albert and His Dreamboats. And they uh, they do old school like country, hmm. but it's like, I don't know if it's like country folk, because it doesn't sound like a lot of country in South today. I'm not a big country guy. 
Uh, I'm completely honest. I'm not. Are you a little bit country? I actually do like some country. I like some old stuff. I like. Are you a little bit rock and roll? Definitely a lot of rock and roll. Okay. Yeah, and some hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little bit of a little bit of jazz. All right. Yeah. I can dig. Yeah. I like some Motown. Love Motown. I like some blues. I got the blues from my head to my shoes. Yeah. But your shoes are black. Uh, yeah, and I'm not wearing them right now. Right. Your feet are blue. That, that's not good. I should probably, go I should probably get doctor. that checked out. Yeah. I might be dying. But anyway, uh, so if you're on Instagram or any music platform, check out Albert and his dream boats. Uh, he's got some cool videos, man. Um, yeah, there's a jealous guy. Um, this is one of the videos you can check that out on, on Instagram, but yeah. 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 He's a very, very cool guy. Very approachable, very down to earth. Uh, you know, I would like to sit there and, and, and I would love to pick Dwayne Hickman's uh, brain about Dobie Gillis because it's, it's just insane that I even got to talk to his son about yeah, it. That is crazy. You know, but he was saying his dad doesn't, you know, not doing interviews anymore, you know, stuff like that. Hey, look, dude, you're he's 85. He's you're said, 85 years he's old. He's putting this time. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I said that, I was like, I feel bad even asking you about <laughs> questions, but, but he says he, he likes talking Dobie. So I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. My dad died uh, a while ago. My dad died in 2013 and he would have been so fucking excited to know that I was talking to yeah. Dobie Gillis's son. You know what I mean? Like he he would have he would have loved that. So I, the closest thing I had to that is I one time talked to uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s grandson. Oh, that's yeah. I talked to Ron Chaney. Ron Chaney. He, he was a very <laughs> nice so guy. Fake. He was a very nice guy. I yeah. talked to him through a, a work thing. I was like doing uh right business to business sales, but uh, Ron Chaney was a very nice guy. Yeah, and it's funny as because so so let me tell you real quick, and then we'll, we'll get into uh, this week in murder. Uh, but what happened was I had followed him. And I was his 2000th follower and he messages me and he's like, he's like, Hey, you're my 2000th follower. Did you get like a, a free sticker? I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Hey, uh, Albert, let's do a fucking like pin exchange or something. I'll give you murder my dude pin and, uh, you give me, uh, fucking Albert, Albert dream, dream boats. boats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I said to him, I asked him if he plays any shows in Philly because there's a, there's a thinker statue. Mm-hmm. in philly like how fucking apropos would that be yeah if he took if he did like uh like 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 the doby pose in right. front of the figure statue that'd be hilarious yeah that'd be really cool um but uh but yeah let's do let's do a uh, fucking uh pin exchange i was gonna say sticker exchange but i don't think we have any more stickers no i think left. we're out of stickers damn it i was looking for one because uh after we went on our, our hiatus i thought we were done the show mm-hmm. forever uh and i took the sticker off of my phone and uh and then i and then i was like why did i do that like i know immediately after i was like that was just like a knee-jerk fucking stupid reaction Mm -hmm. you know so all right well anyway well i i said it i'll say it again uh check out albert and his dream boats um it's albert hickman's band uh and uh i love doby gillis you do i do fucking love that show and i love uh uh i love the andy griffith show Mm-hmm. And I love anything Archie, and I I was born in the wrong era. So okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. So what what's next? I forget where we go from here. Uh so now we go to this week murder. There it is. All right. Yeah. Do you want to read the headline for our first story? There's two stories this week. Sure. 
One of them is really last month in murder because it was for the original version of this show. Right. Uh, but this one's a little more recent if you want to read the headline. Sure. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, uh, that's not only what, like, uh, in my life, I've kind of been, as an atheist, as an atheist, I'm an out of the closet atheist. I have been since I was 14. It's very weird for me to say this, but I say it and, and, and you'll get the context. I feel blessed. Mm-hmm it's very weird to say, uh, but the people that I've talked to, like I've kind of built up like a conversation. Uh, I don't know what you would say. Like, like just some kind of, I have every once in a while, I have conversations with somebody that I watched as a kid and loved. Right. Uh, so, uh, Justin Shankaro. Uh, yeah. The guy from, uh, Erie, Indiana, I- Erie, right? Indiana. Like I'll, I'll shoot the shit with him every once in a while. Not, you know, not, not every, like I haven't talked to him in like over a year. Uh, but we would sit there and have conversations. Really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, I watched you on television. You were in Erie, Indiana, one of my favorite shows. Like when I was a kid. Fucking how incredible is is this to to talk to people like that? And then you realize, hey, they're just humans too, just trying to do jobs and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're not gods. They're 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 hu- but but in your you look back and you're like, when I was 13, they were, they were fucking gods. Yeah. You know, it's a big star right. for you when you're well, a near for me, Indiana yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right, let's get that. Let's get back to uh this week. Murder. Flat earther slash daredevil dies when his homemade rocket crashes. A crowd of 50 to 60 people, including a film crew for the science channel's upcoming series, homemade astronauts witnessed daredevil, mad Mike Hughes perish. Why was he so mad? That's just his nickname. I think I think they mean mad like crazy, not like angry. Oh. Like, he's mad. Like, I guess it would be more of a British thing, even though he was American. Yeah. Should have called him Crazy Mike Hughes. Crazy Mike Hughes. That just sounds... Crazy Mike just sounds like somebody who sells used cars. Yeah. Come on down to Crazy Mike's. Right. Yeah, he's going to sell you a car and a, a banged up motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like Crazy Eddie. He's going to sell you stereo equipment, but... He's misappropriating his inventory, and it's really just a whole big I wonder scheme. if he wore, like, an evil Knievel-type jumpsuit. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, Mad Mike Hughes perished when the steam-powered rocket he was piloting soared to nearly 5,000 feet in the air before crash-landing in a nearby desert. If he's in a steam-powered rocket, uh, he has to be wearing steampunk goggles, yeah, or, like, or else I'm not going to give a shit about him. <laughs> in a big top hat? Right. Some yeah. kind of monocle. Yeah, and, and a big curly mustache. A monocle under the goggles for some reason. Yeah. And... I, it, it, mm, it's mischievous Michael Hughes! Yeah, you have to be Michael at that point, Right, I think. Mis- mischievous, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can't be mad. Some reports suggest that Hughes was building up to a space launch where he would attempt to gain evidence uh, that the Earth is flat. Right. Like, yeah. He believed in many conspiracies, that's why I kind of threw him in here, because... Yeah. He, because uh, I know we're doing JFK, which there's a lot of conspiracies around that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that one is a very plausible conspiracy, I would say, even Correct. if you don't believe in it. Correct. Flat Earth is just not so. Yeah. And, but this guy believed it. Yeah. And some people thought he was go- trying to, like, get up there to get evidence of the Flat Earth. Yeah. Although he said in an interview with Space.com, Mike Hughes said that that, that was never the point of the steam rocket launches and that he wanted to, quote, inspire people. Right, to die. To die. I want to inspire yeah. people to do dangerous things with rockets. What do you do? I'm mischievous. That is, that is very and mischievous. And he curls, he curls his mustache. A- and what happened here he's was... Like, he's like the human dick dastardly, <laughs> but, but his fucking rock... Because they had, like, rocket... Remember, that's what he drove in yeah, Wacky Races. Rocket car, yeah. Yeah. And that's what he... He's like the human dick da- Do you think he had a fucking... Mutley. Now Mutley. Do you think he had a fucking Mutley? That would be great. 
I, I hope so. Well, as long as Muttley didn't die in the thing. Yeah. The thing I never got about Dick Dastardly is to set up all these elaborate traps and things to the other racers that never worked. Yeah. He had to be way ahead of them. If he would have just raced, he would have won. He would have won. Yeah. Like, but no, he's many like, times over. It's like, I'm killing these. I'm killing everybody. I'm, well, that, that, he's so, I'm so sm- far ahead he's so I can smart. Stop. Right. And he's so smart. He's dumb. Yeah. I feel like that with humans. Like, we've, we've evolved so much and we've become so smart that we've become so dumb. Joe Rogan had a joke like he thought we were going un- undergoing de-evolution and then one day our thumbs are just going to like disappear. That's a fucking funny <laughs> joke. That's a really funny joke. Okay. But yeah, so so anyway, what happened with uh, this crash, they believe, there was a ladder attached to the ramp, mm-hmm. uh, to the launch ramp, yeah. to help the 63-year-old daredevil uh. enter, uh, enter in. And that ladder is being blamed for the fatal accident. Oh, the ladder. It's not his stupidity for trying to go up. Well... <laughs> Oh, okay. But, I mean, obviously. I, I blame that, the stupidity. That helped. The, yeah. the, the ladder may have caused the, uh, the malfunction. Okay. Yeah. Where the rocket grazed the ladder upon launching, yeah. which severed the cap on the rocket's parachute. Because basically, he was testing out this rocket where it would shoot way up into the air. You're right. And then it would deploy a parachute, and then he would fall to the earth safely. Gotcha. The round earth. He would fall to the round earth right. safely. Right. And when the rocket grazed the ladder. See, that's what happened. He didn't account for the curvature? See, you see, no, because he fell on a flat earth. Oh, okay. If he would have fell on a round earth, he would have just slid down. Oh, okay. Right, but because it was flat, he just kaput. I don't think that's how it works. You sure? Pretty sure. Maybe in his mind. Maybe. Yeah. But what happened? He when- was like, see, if I go up and I, and I come down and it's flat, I will go kaput. But if it's round, I will slide down the earth. So in his death, he proved the earth was flat? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Are you convinced now? I am. Oh, no. Right. You've joined the Flat Earthers. Which is why I'm never going to go up into a steam-powered rocket now. <laughs> but it, what happened was they, uh, the cover of the thing that the parachute was packed into mm-hmm. was ripped off when it hit the ladder. Yeah. And then the, the parachute just kind of fell out. So when he went up in the air, there was nothing to kind of break his or to ease his way down. The guy that did, uh, so I have that side hustle, uh, Dirt Road Scavenger. Uh, the dude... <clears throat> boogie wolf who did the logo for it he's a flat earther yeah and he was sending me all kinds of videos and all kinds of uh i remember you made me watch one and I, i'm never gonna forgive you for uh, it that's okay you'll get over it uh yeah it was like 15 minutes or something like that it was just insane the the like it's it, like this is what's under the, how would you know right we, you we, know that, and that was here? that's what we said it was like there's no way of knowing it but but then but then they're gonna tell us what's under how would you know if we cannot get under there to yeah see you it? can't see it yeah right that was the whole point of the video so it's like is it faith like i don't need another faith-based video i want i right. want I want evidence, which we have. We have, I don't know, NASA. Plus, we're not the only uh, country yeah. that provides satellite images of. Uh, and and why is it that our 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 uh, what we live on our planet is uh, a sphere, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it round? I mean, uh, why is ours flat? But but everything else is round. I don't know. Because it's not flat. Oh, no, 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 no. That's right, because there a lot of things are holograms, and they're put up yeah. there. Yeah, uh, they're the not su- really The there. sun is a hologram. I've heard that. Oh, no, 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 no. The sun is very cold. Yeah. 9-11 was a hologram. <laughs> that was from a wrestler. <laughs> that, was from, yeah, that was from two wrestlers. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but anyway, um, Mad Mike Hughes, this was not the first problem. Obviously, it's the first fatal one. He didn't die before this. Right. But he had had an issue before 
with another launch attempt where he suffered a compressed vertebrae because he came down a little too hard and a little too fast. Yeah. His ultimate goal was to build a rocket that would be able to enter the very like first part of space uh-huh. by floating well high up into the air, like a few miles into the air with, with balloons. balloons before launching the steam-powered rocket from there. Yeah. Because obviously you don't have to go far. That you, you, like there's yeah, this guy was an idiot. Pool. Sorry, like well, he's dead now. My mom would always say, "Don't speak uh, ill of the dead," uh, but uh, he's an idiot. Sorry, uh, Mad Mike Hughes. You you weren't you weren't that bright. I I apologize to the family of this guy, uh, Mad Mike Hughes. But boy, yeah. All right, uh, true crime podcast leads to break in. Uh, 40-year-old case? 40-year-old cold case, yeah. 40-year-old. This one is more of a last- Did I say case? You said just case. You didn't say cold. Sorry. This is more of a last month in murder. Sorry, let me read this again, because I read it as break-in and not break-in. Do do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you, yeah. So let me read this again. Take two. True crime podcast leads to break in 40-year-old cold case. How's that? Now you're in mid-season form. You're back into it now. You know, I got ring rust. Yeah, just got to work it out. Yeah. True crime journalist Billy Jensen and retired cold case investigator Paul Holes. <laughs> that's his name. It just sounds so fake. They made waves when they joined together to start the Murder Squad podcast. Okay. That, that's a, a very popular true crime podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually affiliated actually, with the uh, My Favorite Murder. Yeah, people. you know, I'm, I'm like, I know the name Billy Jensen. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I, I that's why the name sounds because I've. I've uh, watched a thing before with the murder squad. Okay. Yeah, that's why. And Jensen had worked on completing I'll Be Gone in the Dark after author Michelle McNamara's death, while Holes was actually integral in apprehending the suspected Golden State Killer before he retired from law enforcement. So they were very tied in with that whole East Area Rapist, Original Night Stalker, Golden State Killer thing. And once that was done, they kind of just started their own podcast and everything. On the show... Uh, Jensen and Holes have actually encouraged their listeners who have done retail DNA testing for genealogy purposes, yeah. things like Ancestry DNA 23 and Me. They've encouraged them to uh, upload their DNA results to a service that's called G uh, GED Match, Jed, Jed, Jed Match. Yeah, and that database is the one that's accessible to law enforcement, and they use it to help solve crimes. That's how they found the Golden State Killer. They looked in Jed Match. They because they had. DNA evidence. They had like uh, semen from the Golden State Killer scenes. Yeah, I heard that uh, some of the things are, are stopping that now. Yeah, well, that's why they want people to upload to this Jed Match thing because Jed Match will allow it. Okay. Where well, Ancestry I do doesn't. It. And um, I want to. I want to do my. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Or does it have to be from like a specific site, like Twenty Three Me? No, no. I think you can take your Ancestry or Twenty Three Me, whatever, and and you can like get that and send it to Jed Match. Oh shit. I want to do that because that's really fucking cool. Yeah, and you just want to bust any people in your family that might be murderers. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I, I always su- suspect uh, somebody in my family would be a murderer. All right. There you yeah. go. Oh, absolutely. I always said that. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out like, because I had, I had crooked cops in my family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some of the nicest people in the world, we covered this in a, in a former episode where uh, my mom's neighbor, quiet guy, nicest dude in the world, mm-hmm. super nice. We went, like, uh, after he passed, he left his house to my sister. And uh, we found all these pictures from him in Vietnam where he's got, he's, like, 
like like he was trophy hunting with yeah. all these dead Vietnamese boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck, you psychopath? Yeah. Like, wow. Wow. Okay. Um, so you never know. Yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like somebody could be the nicest dude, you know, because if, if you were to say, yeah, Ron killed a bunch of people and then posed with their dead bodies, like if, if that's done in America, we call that whatever, like. Yeah, that's a that's a let's say a serial killer, killer yeah. right? It's a, he's a killer. He's like that dude's deranged. We want nothing to do with that guy. But as soon as he steps foot on other soil and he does it and he takes pictures, he's a hero. He's a war hero. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to me, there's no difference. I don't see a difference. Like, but he did that for his country. He he posed with dead fifteen year old fucking Vietnamese boys for his country. Yeah. I don't remember that being part of the criteria. I never heard of that being, you know, part of the thing. Because if you do that today, you get like court-martialed and fucking. Remember they had like like all the people that were like Abu Dhabi and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Abu Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib. Yeah. I'm sorry, not Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi's in the Emirates. Yeah, that's, that's where they f- like train for UFC. Yeah, there's. A, I always get those yeah. two confused. Abu Ghraib is a a part of. Iraq. I always get Abu Gra- and Abu, the name of Abu Grape, which is a soda that I'm working on. Sounds delicious. Yeah. It's going to be so. like a grape surge. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, on the latest episode of their, or not the latest, on a January episode of their podcast, Jensen and Holes interviewed a woman calling herself Jessie, who followed their advice and uploaded her DNA to Jedmatch. Yeah. And based on her DNA submission, they found a 62-year-old man who was a distant relative of hers named James Curtis Clanton. Okay. And he has been arrested in the 1980 rape and stabbing death of Helene Prezinski, an intern at a Denver area radio station who was believed to have been abducted while walking from a bus stop. Probably uh, on her way home from getting uh, pierogies. Maybe. Yeah. That, you can just go by your last name there. Oh, fucking right I am. <laughs> you're you're uh, profiling. I had pierogies earlier. Pierogies are delicious. Yeah. And Clanton, before this, had actually been convicted of rape in 1975, but was released in 79 after serving four years of a 30-year sentence. Wow. Four and, years of a 30-year sentence. And then okay. a year later, he murdered somebody, it looks like. Oh, jeez. Jesse's DNA narrowed the search down to Clanton and his brother. Police tracked Clanton in, to uh, Florida, where he now lives, and took a beer mug he had used as an unwitting DNA sample, and it was a match to semen found at the crime scene. Oh, boy. So that that's what they do. They kind of narrow it down, and then they yeah. try to find a DNA sample. That's what they did with... The Golden State Killer guy. You know, wh- when I hear things like this and then I see other people like, this is why I won't give my... I'm like, you're guilty of something. <laughs> like, take my DNA. Yeah, I, I, I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't murdered or raped anyone. Uh, so, and, if, and somebody in my family has, fuck them. Yeah, and, and in, in their case, it's I haven't raped or murdered anybody lately. Right. It was a long time ago. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> what's it called when is it, so much time elapses like <laughs> oh, statue of limitations statue, yeah come on i used to think it was statue like the statue of liberty it is what it's statute 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 yeah. okay like anything legally like that is a statute okay so yeah that's uh <laughs> that that's that story where again it's like i'll be gone in the dark it's like anything like that where uh the same thing the dna there's a lot of dna things that are solving these long cold cases ad read okay we should do that we should put in like <laughs> just break in words ad read like sunday 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 are we are we plugging something for sunday <laughs> no 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 oh, okay. i'm just saying that's how like 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 we do it like ad read like wah, 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 wah. yeah like bam, bam. 
coming this week to Wilkes-Barre. You know, yeah. things like that. Uh, have you heard about the snarkremark.shop? Not in a while. No, 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 no. Oh. No, I'm just going to do this. Just okay, go fine. straight through. Go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then of course you have. But let me tell you again, the Snark Remark is an Epsi, Epsi, Etsy. It's a Mike Epps shop. Did, right. I, I've used that one before. Uh, the Snark Remark is an Etsy shop offering buttons, lapel pins, magnets, vinyl decals, and more. The most popular item is the custom lapel pin uh, with your face on it for $9.99. They even have digital protest signs you could download and print yourself in minutes well who's in charge of such a fine establishment that's tate she's my buddy that's your party all right she got a party mouth <laughs> okay <laughs> she's been my go-to artist for a few years she's reliable and easy to work with and she's got great bosoms okay are we allowed to say that um, or we're gonna get canceled by who that's true Anchor? that's <laughs> true we are canceled. in charge of our own fate so if you try to cancel us you can't cancel us I, I, I go ahead and finish the read. Oh, sure. We'll talk about uh, uh, she has a, a, a five star average on Etsy to back up what I say about her boobs, right. about her bo- bosoms. Uh, add promo code MMD10 for an additional 10% off the snark remark dot shop. Give snark, get laughs. So it's funny you talk about canceled. This sure. isn't really murder, but yeah. you, you did see that very recently Harvey Weinstein was found. Yeah. Well, he was he was cleared he was on a, two he, charges and acquitted on on three. Yeah, and uh, he was found guilty of like third degree rape and I think first degree sexual misconduct or something like that. Yeah, like I don't know what third degree rape is, but it's like I, I don't know. Like, how's that work? I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. I know he's in jail now. That's all I know. Yeah, he's in jail awaiting sentencing. Right. Um. All right. Well, well here we go. We're getting right into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> right into it we've been doing this for 40 minutes that's that's why that's (laughs) why i said that um um so so one of the reasons why i wanted to do jfk um and 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 i i feel i i actually said this uh i was talking to somebody at the coffee shop earlier today and i was telling them what we're talking about uh on this week's episode and um one of the one of the things i said was i was like I'm pr- there's probably going to be stuff that I'm going to remember later and go, right. shit, I should have said that. So we might do a follow-up episode. Or, or like a post-game show. Like, get another thing. That's fine. Maybe we'll we'll allocate like a couple minutes, like we did for Dobie Gillis at the beginning of this show, for for and another thing. Like, any anything you wanted to add to. Maybe we'll have that. It's like, Murder My Dudes and another thing. There you go. That, we, should have like, we should have a show called Not Murder My Dude, where we talk about all the non-murder stuff we want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could play around with it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that. I like I like uh, kind of like a more f- flowing just conversation, just sh- shooting the shit. But anyway, uh, but I was saying, and I'm like, I know I'm going to forget stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and I know that there's going to be stuff that's going to, that's not going to come up in this. And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I really wanted to say that so maybe it'll be in in something like that we'll do an addendum like next week at the top of the show we'll just be like here's some stuff we wanted to mention and uh also uh i'd like to add that i'm very nasally uh today my nose is stuffed up it is what it is you know what i mean it happens uh so i've been i i, I believe I've, I've brought this up before i've been really into the jfk assassination since i was 13 uh, mm-hmm. 1993 pick up, I think it was national geographic magazine and I'm in there cause I'm a pervert and I'm trying to masturbate and I couldn't find my grandpa's, uh, I couldn't find all of his, uh, Asian porn magazines that he would have. Right. 
He would have all kinds of porn magazines. Your neighbor had dead Vietnamese people. Your grandfather just had Viet- or like Asian Vietnamese porn. women. Yeah. <laughs> Living Vietnamese women. Ch- chained up in the basement. Oh my goodness. No, he didn't. Uh, but he loved, he had yellow fever, as they would call it back okay. then, which is, you can't, can you say that today? I don't think so. It was, a, you, it was, if you like black girls, it was jungle fever. If, uh, you like Asian women, it was yellow, uh, fever. It was mm-hmm. all some kind of fever. Like, you couldn't just be normal and like yeah, somebody. Yeah, you could just like, oh, I prefer was, Asian women. Right. It was, no, he's got that fever. He's got a fever. There's right. something wrong with him. Um, but he loved Asian women. And it's funny because I love Asian women. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I like women in general. Right. You know? I'm like Dobie in that sense. Uh, but but I just like women in general. But anyway, so I'm looking for that, and I couldn't find it. So I have remembered that in some of the National Geographic uh, magazines, there would be African women, uh, like tri- tribal women, that, yep. would, that would be like topless. Yes, there would. And I'm like, I'm going to masturbate to them because I like boobies. People would always, uh, in school, whenever we'd have like anything in the library, a lot of kids would always just go for, right for the National Geographic. So yeah. And, and uh, so so uh, that's what I did. All right. I'm just, I'm telling you what I did. I was 13 years old. It's 1993. I was jerking off to African tribal boobs. I was watching the Phillies. That was the year they went to the World Series. Yeah, I watched a lot of uh, Boy Meets World okay. and African tribal boobs. So so uh, as I'm doing that, it, it became like, holy shit, now I am going for the articles because I stumble <laughs> across two two big, I told this before, uh, two big stories. Um, and I don't know if it was in the same year, but I think it was around the same time. One was the Iceman. Okay. The, um, are you talking about the guy, like the frozen caveman? Yes. Not the, okay. not the killer. Not, not Kalinsky. Kalinsky. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the actual Iceman dude from like thousands of years ago where like right. they found out what he was eating. It was like berries and whatever. Uh, I remember having to watch something about that in school. Like it was, I think it was Nova, that old PBS okay. show. Yeah. And they had a Nova thing about the Iceman. We had to watch it in school. So, dude, I'm, that time, yeah. I'm sitting there going to the bathroom. And I'm like, I just want to, like, masturbate. But I end up reading all this shit. And I'm like, whoa, this is fucking so cool. <laughs> and now then, I read National Geographic for the article. And, right. And then another, uh, another thing I stumbled across was JFK. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading about it. And it was, like, talking about all this top secret stuff. And What the fuck does this have to do with geography, by the way? Geography? Yeah. What do you mean? It's National Geographic. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe maybe it was like because it was in Texas. Okay. Yeah, Texas is geography. (laughs) He had to travel. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why it was in there, dude. I don't know. Maybe he was shot by a a topless African tribe. Maybe it wasn't National Geographic. Maybe it was like Playboy or something. Mm. Playboy would cover. But I'm pretty sure it was National Geographic. Okay, maybe it was. I'm pretty sure it was. I could be wrong. but You could be right. But I'm also trying to remember back to 1993. Yeah. And maybe some of my thoughts get melded, you know, like. Yeah, we're talking about almost 30 years ago. Right. So, so yeah. uh, you know, I just remember it being National Geographic. Let it be National Geographic. Sure. Absolutely. So anyway, that's what gets me into it. Right. Mm-hmm. They talk about this uh, Zapruder film. They talk about the magic bullet. Uh, they talk about files, um, you know, being being locked away for like, you know however many more years right and uh it was like oh 50 years after after the uh you know the assassination like things will be released um which would have been 2013 right which i was incredibly incredibly um excited (sighs) i i I was up until 2013 that's when i found out i had diabetes that's when a lot of bad stuff happened in my life it's when my dad died yeah you know what I mean? Like 2013 wasn't actually great for me. 2013 was a shitty year. It was a shitty year. 
Uh, it was the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who because that happened. That was like the one good thing. Yeah. Everything else was bad. Yeah. I was supposed to actually get married on that date. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, that's what got me into JFK. Fast forward all these years later. Um, oh, uh, actually, I, I ended up watching that, the Oliver Stone movie years later. Right. And I got into it because remember when we played SOCOM. The first name. My yeah. first name was Just a Patsy. Yeah. And I remember we watched that special on the History Channel that I think it was the History Channel, The Men Who Killed Kennedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got into, you know, every few years I'll be really into it. And then I, I started really getting into, really getting into it into the story and not so much the conspiracy series, uh, conspiracy theory stuff. Um, and we'll get into that, but just to kind of give my thing from the very beginning, I don't buy into a lot of bullshit. Like there was a guy in the sewers, right? And there were 32 fucking snipers all over the place. Right. I don't believe in that. I do. I believe that there could have been some snipers, perched in other windows right yes absolutely mm-hmm. do i believe that it was cons- a conspiracy theory yes i do well one thing we'll get to that makes that very plausible is the secret service didn't exactly do a great job of picking a safe route and, well they, they said that securing yeah it. they said that they they it was kind of like uh do we have enough people no all right well then we're just not going to fucking take care of it at all like because of kennedy i think we've gotten really good and, and reagan got shot too that might have helped I think we've gotten really good at at protecting our presidents because the last two presidents, our current president and the one before that, were so intensely hated by opposite halves of the country that they're doing a great job of protecting these people now. I don't think that there were ever any threats to begin with, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I just okay. don't. I don't think that there were any real... Because before Kennedy, it happened a lot. Like, you had um, Teddy Roosevelt got shot while he was running for president. Somebody tried to kill Andrew Jackson, yeah. uh, Lincoln, obviously. You had a lot of presidents who were assassinated. Garfield, I believe, was assassinated. Mm-hmm. But none since Kennedy. I mean, Reagan was shot. Because he always said, like, every 20 years, the president was either assassinated or or every 40 years, maybe. No, I think it was every 20. The president was either assassinated or there was some kind of an attempt. And, I, then, I and the one that broke it was George this, W. Bush. This is why, This is why, and I would have to come up with a good argument, because you're very good at, like, you're very good at, 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 at kind of point counterpoint and playing devil's advocate. And I just, I personally, I don't know what it is. Call it a hunch. Call it what you will. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel that a lot of these things were set up anyway. Okay. I just, I never really feel that, that there was a, and if, and if they like, I don't think that it's some lone fucking nut gunman killing the president i think that it was intentionally set up that way okay i think it's like an internal uh conflict and they want somebody out you know because it's politics right they, they want that guy out hey let's blame it on this guy and that's what i think happened here okay i think i think um lee harvey oswald i don't know what his what his thing i think he was i think he was a patsy i think he was a fall guy mm-hmm. um which you know it's just another name for patsy i think he was a fall guy i think he was in the right place at the right time for them wrong place wrong time for, for him. him yeah uh i think that maybe he was cia maybe he was you know like he, i think he was intelligence i think he was something involved mm-hmm. and i think he figured it out later like fuck okay and then all of a sudden he gets silenced and then the guy who silences him ends up dying just shortly after right it was only within a few years i think it's how i think it's kind of a domino effect with things like that you know right 
Uh, and then I don't know the I don't know enough about Reagan. It could have been just a crazy person. Yeah, they always say the guy he's still alive. I think Hinkley. Hinkley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they said he did it. He was Nazi. Did it to impress Jodie Foster or something like that. Never know. You never know. And, I I never yeah. know what 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 any of these things. Uh, <laughs> I never. I you know you never know. Maybe there. I'm sure there's. Look, I haven't read it, and I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe he was never shot. I'm just putting that out as a as a theory. Who Kennedy or no Reagan? Reagan. Okay, I mean, he was shot in public, but I mean, he could have been staged. Yeah, you could have uh, what are they called? Scribs, squibs, squibs, mm-hmm. scribs. That's well, it, one of the bullets squibs. did hit. Uh, did hit. I forget his first name now. Brady. You know how they have the Brady? Yeah, he was in a wheelchair then. Right? Yeah, he was yeah. paralyzed. He was shot in the back. Yeah, right. Maybe you know, and maybe it was. Maybe it just happened to be a fucking crazy person. I. In it's fact, not I, something I subscribe to. Right. I was just throwing that out there as an idea. So I remember when I was a kid hearing about the Brady Bill, which is what they have now. It's against the Brady Law now. And the Brady Bunch. And that, was, that was way before then. Ooh. But it was something Bill Clinton introduced where that's the reason we now have the waiting period where when you buy a gun, you have to wait like I think it's like three or five days. The Waity Bunch. That's us. Mm. W-A-I-G-H-T-Y. Right. Get it? Fat. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like my whole thing, I'm not trying to like prove a case or hear anything. I, I, when I was putting this together and, and yeah. putting together a prep for this, just try to gather as many spins and and thoughts and theories gotcha. on Absolutely. This as possible. And, and and I think that that's the best way. I I think is something like this. Not that I'm going in it like bias or unbiased. It's just let's put let's put the the facts out there or you know what's what's um uh, considered to be you know the like i guess mm-hmm. the facts would be like when it comes to the warren commission the facts are this is what the warren commission settled on right but what they settle on i don't agree with right yeah you know and a lot of people don't agree with that mm-hmm. there because there's so many conflicting reports with cops and different people that were there that are like that didn't happen and i heard this and i heard that and mm-hmm. you know uh some people they're like Oh, I wouldn't. I talked to the Warren Commission. They took it, but then they didn't use our statements. Right, right. Um, there's so much of that. So many people died. Uh, that were involved super, like close to that date. People just mm-hmm. start dropping. Right. That's always scary to me. That's uh-huh. always scary. And I'm like, I don't trust. It happens today. Yeah, it happens today. There's still people like. Like, uh, I think it was like one of the bushes, like after 9-11, one of the bushes, like maids, all of a sudden her car rolled or a car <laughs> rolled and killed her. Like, all right. <laughs> like, I don't even like talking about that because, because what happens is I get paranoid. I talk about this stuff. I get paranoid. Mm-hmm. You don't get so paranoid. No. Because we're not, we're not important enough right. for somebody to be like, all right, th- these two imbeciles are talking about that. Let's go fucking silence them. Right. But I am crazy. So I do get par- that paranoid. Um, but I think I'm rational enough to, to, to say that they're really not going to come fucking kill us. I'm pretty sure they're not going to come kill us. Right. I, I feel confident in saying that. Yeah. So with that being said, let's jump into it here. All right, uh, let's get into it. It's been fucking another 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, so so JFK, John F. Kennedy, is obviously the 35th president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, he was famously assassinated on November 22nd, 1963. And he was the fourth and, to this point, the final United States president to be assassinated while in office. And the eighth and, to this point, the last sitting president to die in office. No sitting president has died in office or been killed in office since Kennedy. Right. And 
It was also the first assassination of the television age, and it was the first to be caught on camera thanks to a man named Abraham Sabruder, who was set up in Dallas's Dealey Plaza. And, and so let's look at the official story. Uh, this is the official word. The You call it the, the lone nut theory, the lone gunman theory, uh, whatever you want to call it. The one thing you can't call it is popular. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's not a very popular theory. In 2003, a Gallup poll found that 75% of Americans believe that there was a conspiracy behind the Kennedy assassination. That is a far cry from a similar poll that was taken in the months after the infamous 1964 Warren Commission report. Uh, and at that point, 87% of respondents in 1964 believed that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Yeah. These days, the gap is a little bit in between. About a little over 60% of people right now believe that there was a conspiracy. And around 30% believe Oswald acted alone and around 10% aren't sure. And here's where we'll start. We'll start with Lee Harvey Oswald, who, if you believe the standard story, assassinated JFK. And uh, Oswald had returned to the United States after spending about three years living in Minsk. Minsk, sorry, Minsk, the present-day capital of what is now Belarus, and he was, uh, which was then a part of the Soviet Union, it wasn't Belarus at that point, well it was, but it was within the USSR, it was one of the 15 parts of it, Oswald was a member of the Marine Corps as a young man, where he at first barely made the grade of sharpshooter, and then he did his shooting skills test again, and he was downgraded to the classification of marksman. His USSR-friendly beliefs earned him the nickname by some as of Oswaldskovich. Okay. Because he was very uh, communist-leaning, super left-leaning, and he was a U- uh, basically a Russian sympathizer. So, so that this is another uh, theory with that. that. Some people believe that that was his assignment. Right, that he was co- it was a cover that he was going to start. Like, he had got, kind of gotten pulled aside by the spooks, as they would say, like the CIA, the, yeah. the, the shadowy government people. And, like, part of his cover was espousing this pro-russian stuff to his fellow marines so you have that cover story in place right yeah yeah like all right let's like let's have you seen like handing out literature right and stuff like that you know because he's uh working for whoever there are names i don't know if if you're if they're going to be covered uh in this there are names um that he supposedly worked for that you want to throw them out now if you have them Go ahead and we'll, we'll touch no, on No, that's later. what I'm saying. Like, we'll go through okay. it, and, and, and then if it's not in there at the end... Yeah, at we'll, the very end, like, whatever I missed, you because you, you're going to miss things with something this big. Yeah. There have been entire books, entire, entire like, and that's the, theories that, about this. You're not going to cover everything in a, so a two-hour podcast. That's the thing, is that I think with something like this, unless you have just a really good memory, which I don't, I don't have that steel trap memory. Right. Um, but uh, this is something where, like, I had studied it extensively in the past, and there's so many parts to it. It's like, holy shit, it kind of gets exhausting. Yeah, the, the, it absolutely does. This is going to be more of a brief discussion, crash course. Right. Like, it's not going to be... Uh, you could write an encyclopedia about the Kennedy assassination. We're not getting in that depth. Right. And there's, you just can't do that on a single episode of a podcast. Correct. And so shortly after these USSR-friendly beliefs are starting to be espoused... Oswald was given a hardship discharge by the Marine Corps, and he defected to the USSR, where he, d- he declared himself a communist and sought Russian citizenship. And after a few years, Oswald and his wife Marina moved back to the United States, moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 
And according to the Warren Commission report, Oswald was suspected of trying to kill Edwin Walker, who was a retired major general and a member of the anti-communist John Birch Society. He had been relieved of his command in the um, in the military for passing out right-wing propaganda to the uh, to the troops. And it's yeah. a conflict of interest here out. And apparently, Oswald, if you believe the report, found out where this guy lived and took a shot at him while he was sitting in his desk at his home. But he wound up hitting a window frame nearby, and Walker only took damage from bullet fragments. Now, later on, and again, this could be fudged if you'd believe Oswald wasn't involved. Uh, later on, they did neutron activation analysis tests in the 1970s, which supposedly matched the bullet that they pulled out of the window frame with bullets found at the Kennedy assassination. So they were apparently fired from the same gun. Mm. In the weeks leading up to Kennedy's death, Oswald began working a minimum wage job at the Texas School Book Depository yeah. in Dallas. Uh, he'd normally room in Dallas during the week while he was working, and then over the weekend he would stay with his wife and children in nearby Irving, Texas, which was, I believe, like a 20-mile drive. Because that's always the thing, that because Irving is where the Dallas Cowboys played. Uh, but now they play in Arlington. After word got out that Kennedy was visiting, with the motorcade route being published in newspapers, Oswald asked his co-worker and neighbor in Irving, Wesley Frazier, for a ride back to Irving on the 21st because he said he needed to pick up some curtain rods. On the morning of the 22nd, Frazier drove Oswald from Irving back to Dallas. Oswald left $170 in his wedding ring with his wife and brought a large paper pack with him, which supposedly contained the curtain rods, Although people who believe that Oswald shot Kennedy believe that he was bringing the same rifle that he used to shoot Edwin Walker, which was a Manlicker Carcano carbine rifle. <clears throat> yeah. And that rifle and three spent casings were supposedly, and we'll get into, because yeah. I know you're thinking now. No, no, no. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you with this. Right. Were found in the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository and evidence, did I just say suppository? I think you did. Uh <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. The Texas School Book Depository <laughs> <laughs> and evidence suggested that it was recently Why isn't fired. that somebody's band name? I'm sure. It, Texas it, it, School it's Book suppos Suppository. It's been said so many times. Yeah. I think Beavis and Butthead said it once. Oh. Uh, another book de uh, depository employee named Charles Givens testified to the Warren Commission that he saw Oswald on the sixth floor of the building a little over a half hour before the assassination, but not after that. According to the commission report, Oswald fired three shots, as we were just saying. Three spent casings were supposedly, uh, supposedly found on the sixth floor. The first missed. The second hit both Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly, who was also in the car. And the third struck Kennedy in the head and was the kill shot. A man named Howard Brennan claimed to have witnessed rifle fire coming from the sixth floor of the book depository. The Warren Commission report claims that bullet trajectory analysis also suggests that the shot came from that spot. Oswald was stopped very shortly after by Marion L. Baker, a police officer, but was not detained. He managed to leave the building before a full lockdown would com could commence. And about 45 minutes after the shooting, he's believed to have shot and killed another Dallas police officer, J.D. Tippett, who is believed to have stopped him because he matched the description given by Howard Brennan. Oswald went to a nearby theater and bought a ticket to the film Cry of Battle. The ticket clerk recognized that he fit the description of the man police were looking for and called authorities. When approached, Oswald is said to have told police officer Nick McDonald, well, it's all over now, and tried to shoot himself with the same revolver he used to shoot Officer Tippett. Police were able to wrest the gun from him, 
And uh, he said, quote, I didn't shoot anyone to reporters in a hallway while being moved around the police station. Quote, they've taken me in because of the fact that I lived in the Soviet Union. I'm just a patsy. And quite famously, Oswald was shot and killed by nightclub owner Jack Ruby two days later, gunned down while being walked to the armored car that was to, transpo- uh, was to transport him to the city jail. Yeah. Now, apparently, there's like so many hours of interviews of mm-hmm. Lee Harvey Oswald that were uh, apparently Suppressed. Re- recorded mm-hmm. and then they disappeared. Oh, wow. Yeah. So to recap the full version of the standard theory, Oswald took the first shot before Kennedy's car passes into Abraham Zapruder's film. According to the most present theories, the first shot most likely bounced off the mast arm of a traffic light near the book depository. Oswald then waited for Kennedy's car to pass through some trees and took the two other shots. The first of these two shots, now known as the legendary magic bullet, is said to have passed through Kennedy's neck and through his throat below the Adam's apple, nicking Kennedy's tie knot as it went along. Now tumbling, the bullet is said to have entered Texas Governor John Connolly below and behind the right armpit. It is said to have smashed one of Connolly's rib bones before coming out just below his right nipple, and then it purportedly continued through Connolly's wrist before settling into his thigh. The bullet is later said to have fallen out of Connolly's thigh at the hospital, most likely while he was being undressed, and wound up on Connolly's stretcher, which is why it's now called the, quote, stretcher bullet. It was a military-issue full metal jacket bullet designed to pass through human bodies. Similar bullets have passed through wood, skin, and ballistic gel in similar settings. If you've ever seen the climactic scene of the movie JFK, the Oliver Stone film from the early 90s, you know that one of the big arguments is the positioning of Kennedy and Connolly. Graphs outlying the magic bullet suggest that it would have had to pick up and reduce speed, and it would have made several, had to have made several turns, and... It's largely because of disagreements about Connolly and Kennedy's relative positions. Connolly was in a jump seat a bit lower than Kennedy. So, yeah, but like you said, like speed and distance. Right. You know, because of how, how powerful something like a bullet like that. Obviously, the further it gets out, it's going to lose momentum and right. it's going to slow which down. Which is why it would have stopped in his thigh. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just read it. I guess I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we're getting to the other stuff, too. This is just like kind of the the, the, right. the, the, the given story. And so so it all depends on where you kind of see them, because Connolly's seated a bit lower. Kennedy is seen as being right next to the car door in the diagram outlined in the single bullet theory. He's more toward the center of the, the, the car in the magic bullet theory. Uh, Connolly is trying to look at Kennedy in the single bullet theory. He's looking more ahead in diagrams of the magic bullet theory. So So different people that believe different things think that they were seated in different ways like uh if you believe the standard like the the shot was just a straight shot and there's nothing magic about it you think kennedy was more toward the right of the car and Connolly was turning to look at kennedy perhaps because they just heard a, the first shot miss and then if you think it's more of a magic bullet and there's no way it could have been one bullet mm. you think Connolly's more straight ahead and kennedy's more toward the center of the car instead of on the far edge but anyway much of the speculation stems from an assertion from Connolly that he was shot before Kennedy was. The Zabruder film shows there uh, is no way there would have been enough time for the two men to be shot by a separate bullet from a single-action rifle before the kill shot had hit Kennedy in the head. It had to, would have had to have been two shots if Connolly would have been hit first. Some believe that Connolly thought the first shot, the miss that happened before the Zabruder film, hit Kennedy, and that was where the confusion came from. Further criticism points to the convenience of the single bullet showing up perfectly intact on a stretcher at the hospital ER doctors examining Kennedy's neck described it as an entrance wound. They made no classification of the neck wound. 
Uh, similarly, the back and to the left head movement made famous in the Oliver Stone film JFK is seen by a lot of people as an indicator that Kennedy was shot from the front, not the back. Mm-hmm. And then the grassy knoll near the crime scene is frequently described as a possible location of a second shooter. Many people at the scene claim to hear have heard more than three gunshots. And auditory investigations show there could have been as many as six, with upwards of 40 people thinking they heard gunfire from the direction of the grassy knoll. Others believe the shots could have come from a nearby overpass, or we said this is kind of more of the sillier ones, from a storm drain near where the murder happened, but it would be hard to kind of shoot up from, from a storm drain. I don't know how hard it would, because I've never tried it. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, right. like we, we could say that it would be hard, but I, why would it be that hard? Uh, because of the angle of it. and because what about the angle of it? Like, I, th- I think people have gone into that storm drain and it would be hard to kind of shoot over a car. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've never been in the storm drain. I've never been in Dallas. I mean, so I, I would th- I would just, I would think that it would be. Yeah. But I don't know that it is. And um, so go- going back to some of these witnesses, Charles Givens, if you remember from what we were talking about earlier. Because it's a, hold on, it, it's... It, I, th- I think we're we're also thinking of if a car's passing by kind of close to us, then you're up high. But if you're looking, if you're on an angle and a car is out a bit because and there's a curve, mm-hmm. you know, you may be able to to hit that headshot. Maybe next shot if it's on a if it's at a right, a- you know, at a mm-hmm. good enough angle. I think the storm drain came, storm drain thing came from like some mob guy. Who Doesn't matter. It, it just you, you still got to look at everything. You know, every possibility. Mm-hmm. Um. It, you know, you look at all angles. Who's to say that there wasn't? Because there's another side to. Um, there's another. You know, everything. Well, everything's being placed on that side of of the, the um, by the, the the depository and what's what's that area called? Dealey Plaza. Dealey Plaza. Everything like is centered like in that. What do you know? Nobody's talking about anything. Co- well, you do have the the overpass, the overpass, the grassy. Uh, but nobody's talking about the other side of Dealey Plaza. Like right. nobody's talking about anything coming over because well, probably because nobody heard anything coming from her. But there also weren't a lot of spectators standing over. Maybe there was a shot that came from over that way too. Yeah, possibly. You know, we we have no idea. Um, you know what? Are we good here? Yeah, we're fine. Okay. No, because it looked like I just ripped this wire out. That's just your headphones. As long as you can hear me, they're still yeah, plugged no. in. I get, yeah, I can hear. Um, yeah, there's, I, you know, I don't, I don't find, I don't find too many. I, 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 I may, like, I may say it's silly, but who knows? I've never tried to take that shot, and I doubt that they're going to let anybody in there to take that shot with a car moving by. You know, have a dummy, you know, make sure you don't have anybody in the, you know, vicinity, Uh, but have a dummy so you could, you know, maybe try to do some like laser uh, things where you're you're shooting a laser out, you know, to see if you can. The one thing I watched kind of preparing for this, I think it was like Unsolved History or something on the Discovery Channel, and they actually got in there and the guy like, he, he, I don't think he had an actual rifle, but he's like, yeah, I can't even see like a car go by. Yeah, look, maybe, you know, maybe he can't, you know it's uh, like i said though it's still you still want to even as goofy as it sounds you still want to be like all right well you know let's let's try this just you know just in case so and then charles givens if you remember he was the one that told the warren commission that he saw oswald in the sixth floor of the book depository about a half hour before the assassination we mentioned him earlier Uh um what he said exactly was he saw oswald in the sixth floor around 11 55 a.m and not again until after Kennedy was killed around 1230. 
That's a little bit different than when he told the FBI on November 23rd, 1963, the day after the assassination. He said that that meeting happened around 11.30, and then you saw Oswald on the first floor 20 minutes later. Several other people claimed to see Oswald on the lower floors as late as 12.10. The vice president of the depository's so, secretary... So did he see him on the sixth floor or the first floor? Uh, he sa- when, you, when you talk to the Warren Commission, he said the last time I saw Oswald before the assassination was... 35 minutes before the assassination on the 6th floor. On the 6th floor. So he's telling this to the Warren Commission. But on the, the the day after Kennedy was shot, he was telling the FBI that happened around 1130. That happened about an hour before Kennedy was shot. And then he saw him again 20 minutes later on the 1st floor. The secretary of the vice president of the book depository said that she saw someone she thought was Oswald on the 1st floor just before shots rang out, but she wasn't 100% sure that it was him. Okay. Police found Oswald not looking out of breath or otherwise out of sorts uh, near a second floor lunchroom about 90 seconds after the final shot. Mm-hmm. Many feel it would have been impossible for him to get there in, in such a little time and not be out of breath because he would have had to come down four flights of stairs. I, I think I think what when people are like, no, look, it's possible. And then they have somebody running down the steps. Here's the thing. Did that person just shoot a, pre- a fucking president? I doubt it. You, no, no, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you understand the, pressure, the magnitude? Yeah. Do you understand how fucking heavy that is? Yeah. To to take out somebody like that and then run down the steps and just be fucking standing there with a coke in your hand? Right. Because what you're talking about is that same Discovery Channel show. They had somebody like not shoot a president. Obviously, they had him shoot three shots and then walk down like a similar distance and he did it because they're they're treating it like it's a fucking obstacle course right this is not real life yeah you can't fucking do that you can't take a life and then run down the steps and fucking just be that composed unless taking life means nothing to you no well that's because that's how they want to paint it like this man you know just took a life and then acted like because that's what that's i mean there are people like that i'm not saying that oswald was like that but there are people like that it's fucking come on dude like that's a little goofy that's a little goofy to think that there there are cold blood blooded killers out there. It's a little goofy. There's we you know a lot of people know enough about this guy to fucking to know about how like he was with his mom and his fucking wife and mm-hmm. you know and and his uh he has he had a, a daughter right I believe so yeah. yeah like there's enough fucking evidence to be like no this dude like was compassionate. And it's always hard, I think, to just jump in somebody's head, though, and know what they're thinking. I think that doing that is just is kind of is is helping the idea that he was because somebody's like, oh, well, they're cold blooded killers. So now that just adds more to well, fuck, man. You know, he, he he took the president's life. I think it's fucked up to even like I understand that it's a possibility that people mm-hmm. can be cold blooded, but I think that we're 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 putting that on him. And it just seems like it's a like like it's it's an unfair label that's being stuck on this guy. Cold blooded killer. I don't know, man. I don't know. People are like that. Doesn't mean he was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I obviously don't know the man. He died well no, before it's I was just, born. Right, but it's just it's it's. But I think that it's a little fucking silly. It's a little silly to to think that that he took these incredible shots because they were incredible shots. Because they were incredible shots. You're you're not again. If this isn't target practice. You this is a high profile thing. If you're gonna fucking take a life, you're you're up there. You're taking it, what would be considered the. Yeah, you're changing the course of history. It, it's right, and, and you know what you're doing. You mm-hmm. you understand how like important this man is. Right. 
Okay. There's in, in the, in the world, there aren't that many, like to some people aren't that, that, that are, uh, aren't that many important people. Right. Like, especially Americans. We know that mm-hmm. Americans are only, there are only so many people that are really, really, really like important to them. The president, the Pope. Right. To some Americans. To some Americans. Some Americans don't give a shit about the Pope. Right. Um, But hypothetically, if some other world leader got taken out. Right. They wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. But an American president gets taken out. Right. If Angela Merkel was assassinated tomorrow, how many people would really in America would really care? Right. And she's one of the most powerful politicians in the world. Yeah. And how many Americans know who Angela Merkel is? Well, I do. Germany. Yeah, she's the uh, chancellor of Germany. But how but, many, uh, like, do you think half of Americans know that? No, probably not. Um, no, absolutely. But, but, but you have a, a fucking high profile person like a president. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, you know, you know what you're doing. That's really fucking big. And you're just going to hurry up and run downstairs and fucking just stand there in a the lunchroom. First of all, you would not do it. You wouldn't want to be seen. You would try to get the fuck out of there. Why would you just be standing around? Well, that's what he did after he he got he, like he talked to this cop and then he left. He did get out of there. He did get the fuck out of there. What did he though? How do we know that he got the fuck out of there? Because to me, standing around in a fucking lunchroom is not getting the fuck out of there. Because by any account you read, he was standing in a lunchroom mm-hmm. with a drink in his hand. That's not getting the fuck out of there. What did he just wait for that guy to come talk to him? And then it was like, oh, that's my exit. When that guy comes and talks to me. No, dude, you just keep moving. You fucking you get out. You hide in the bathroom. You hide fucking somewhere. It was it was a fucking setup. Come on. So I think any rational fucking mind that really looks at all that shit is going to nobody's going to look at that and go. No, dude, he, he totally fucking just ran down the steps and stood there with a drink in his hand. Where so, did he get the drink, by the way? Soda machine, maybe? I don't know. Did he have? Where did he have the time? I don't know. He just question. fucking killed somebody. Maybe it was in the fridge. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I don't know. so he thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to shoot JFK, and maybe then I'm going to run down. Maybe he had it with him. Maybe he put his soda down to shoot the president, and then like, I'm going to take my soda with me. Okay. So if not Oswald, who? Who could it have been? Yeah. Uh, so here's some other ideas. Uh, Sam Giancana. Mm-hmm. was the head of the Chicago Mafia from 1957 to 1966. Uh, during that time, many suspect him of tipping the razor-thin margin in Illinois during the 1960 presidential election away from Richard Nixon and to Kennedy through extensive voter fraud. Okay. And this is uh, something a lot of people believe. A lot, of, Apparently, a lot of dead people voted for Kennedy in 1960. They they said that, hap- yeah. that happens a lot in um, just in... in, in- <laughs> In politics and uh, mm-hmm. in presidential fucking, it's like oh, because they, they would say that. Like I remember them them bringing that up in uh, when Obama got elected. Right. I remember a bunch of people were like, "Oh, that's why." Uh, oh, how is it that so many dead people were voting for you know for Obama? Okay, they're a lot better at catching this shit now. But yeah, back then, I guess a lot of dead people were voting for Kennedy. Yeah. It was later revealed that. The CIA had tried to recruit Giancana in an effort to assassinate Cuban head of state Fidel Castro. Yeah. There may have been tension between Giancana and Kennedy already after uh, possibly the after uh, I can't speak today. (laughs) There may have been tension between Giancana and Kennedy already after possibly being responsible for getting Kennedy elected. Giancana was probably not very happy that 
Kennedy's brother, his attorney general as well, Robert F. Kennedy, had plans to crack down on organized crime. Oswald assassin Jack Ruby's ties to gambling in the nightclub industry led some to believe that he may have been associated with Sam Giancana as well. And we talked about a lot of these things in the Jimmy Hoff episode where yeah. a lot of these union people and mob people that were connected with the unions, they got Kennedy elected and then Kennedy he brought in his brother to be the attorney general. Well, I, I felt that and wanted to get rid of these people. I felt that out of our shows, it's kind of like a like like a trifecta. With, yeah, Hoffa, uh, MLK, and this are kind of a trilogy. Absolutely. Yeah, a trilogy. That's that's the word I yeah. really wanted to look for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the nineteen sixties corrupt murder trilogy, basically. Yeah. Too. And like many theories, this one has ties to the CIA. Uh, as we said already, the CIA had tried to recruit Giancana to take down Castro. So, by the way, um, <laughs> go ahead. I did. I did have. The, I brought up the name because remember, I was I was saying a name earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, re- I remember the name. Uh, I kept saying CIA. It wasn't CIA. It was an FBI guy by the name of Guy Bannister. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if you have Guy Bannister. I don't remember if I do or not, actually. Okay, that's fine. Uh, But Guy Bannister is basically this guy who, um, he was like an FBI guy that they said that he was working above this, like, he was working in this building, and apparently when when they trace back the pamphlets Mm -hmm. that that Lee Harvey Oswald was handing out. The communism? Yeah, the Cuba, something for Cuba. Do you right. remember what it was called? No. Whatever the pamphlets were called. Um, I have to... I they came re- from his office or something? Yeah, they came from... It was it was traced back to the same office that he was in. Okay. And people were saying it was like, like different things that I was reading. It was like, yeah, but if you look at the... If you start to look at the addresses, it's all like in that same block... And it was like Lee Harvey Oswald also worked at like this other place and it's on the same corner as like fucking intelligent, like an intelligence oh, wow. office. Yeah. So it's all, it's all linked. And mm-hmm. when, when, um, when Guy uh, Bannister died, um, it's, it was called fair play for Cuba. Okay. By the way, uh, she, she was telling, um, this district attorney from new Orleans who, who was uh, the wife, uh, guy Bannister's wife. Okay. Um, when guy Bannister died, and this is, I guess like a little bit later, she said that she saw a bunch of fair play for Cuba, uh, leaflets on, um, uh, I guess on his desk in his office. Huh? Like after he died, Oh wow. she was in the office and she saw a bunch of these leaflets. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that obviously fuels more speculation. Yeah. You know, Dude, shit like this happens all the time. Some people would have rolled their eyes at it, and they're like, "Our government would never do that because people would talk." And we would blah, 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 blah. That, that, that's that argument is the weakest fucking argument. If that's your argument, fuck you. If you are, if that's your argument, fuck you. Fuck you. If you say people would say shit, people say shit all the fucking time. Pay attention. You hear people talk, you ignore them. It's because you don't want it to fit your narrative, and it's fine. Like, I understand you you could say the same thing. Like, well, that fits your narrative. But the thing is, the argument is people would talk because you hear this all the time. Right. Somebody would say something by now. They do. Mm -hmm. They do. They come out all the time and say shit. There's books. There's interviews. There's all kinds of shit. So how are you, if that's your argument, it's weak. Your argument's weak if it's people would say stuff because they do say stuff. You're, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you don't make much sense with that. But, but we'll never fucking know. Here's the thing. JFK, we'll never know. Yeah. 9-11? Yeah, I, think, I think that's it. 9-11, we'll never know. 
Because because even if shit comes out, there's going to be so many people that are just going to say, I don't believe it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. George W. Bush can come out and say, 9-11 was an inside job. Sorry, but, you know, I apologize. He can say on his deathbed. It was. And they'd be like, that guy's crazy. <laughs> Before we just said, sorry. <laughs> if that was the case, like, he, he had organized. Like, oh, I'm sorry. That'd sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> My like, bad. Yeah, like he like he bumped into you. Yeah, yeah. Not took not not you know not that he took uh, or was imp implicit in fucking right. or complicit rather uh, in, in taking um, thousands of lives. You know. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry, My mistake. Yeah. But, Show. but back to Sam Giancana. Yeah. Uh, some some people thought that okay, the CIA already tried to get him to kill Castro. Maybe they got him to kill Kennedy. Uh -huh. And after serving a one-year prison sentence in 1965 yeah. for refusing to testify in a trial, Sam Giancana relocated to Mexico until he was extradited back to the United States for another deposition. This time he was given immunity <laughs> and he gave a little bit of underwhelming test testimony. Yeah. At the time of his death, Sam Giancana was about to testify before the church committee, which was a group investigating abuses of power by the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, the IRS, and other government agencies. He was shot in the back of the head and six more <laughs> times after while making sausage and peppers. Oh, God. Sounds delicious. So I, lo I love sausage and peppers, by the way. I had some the other day. My, some mom, my mom sent over some, some, mm -hmm. some sausage. I already had some provolone. I already had peppers and onions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking delicious. Actually, you know what I made? What? I made sausage, pepper, and onion omelet. There you go. With uh, with provolone, or as she would say, prevolone. Prevolone. Prevolone, hon. Got that prevolone cheese. Yo, hon, you want some sausage and peppers? I'm gonna send some over. There you go. She doesn't really say over like that, but she I just say want, over. Over. No, she doesn't say it like that. Some believe that Santo Traficante Jr., nickname, the, <laughs> the head of mob activities in Florida, who also had a heavy influence in Cuba, masterminded the hit to keep Giancana quiet about possible mob plots to kill Castro. And excuse me, and that perhaps the Kennedy assassination was being kept quiet as well. Some theorists believe that Tra uh, Giancana, Traficante, and New Orleans mob boss Carlos Marcello uh, were the ones that. I like to call you know what I like to call that guy. What? I like to call him Sandy Can't Traffic. There you go, Sandy Can't Traffic Junior. Yeah. Right, Junior. No, I, I forget that. But I some people think I leave, I'm like WWE. I no leave junior. the Junior out. But some people think he, Sam Giancana, and this New Orleans mob boss, Carlos Marcello, yeah. were the three guys who kind of masterminded the the uh, the attack on or the the murder of Kennedy. Mm. Giancana's motive was also possibly personal. Sam's daughter Annette believed that her father and JFK were having an affair with Phyllis McGuire of the uh, famous McGuire sisters. Oh, the McGuire sisters, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, that's cool. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that uh, the JFK, much like uh, Dobie Gillis, he he did. Uh, he had a way with the ladies. Yeah. He would like to uh, swoon them. And then New Orleans also spawned one of the more famous JFK investigators. Uh, New Orleans was the home of Jim Garrison. Right. And so Jim Garrison is the one, and you will you actually do have it. I see the name right now. I see it in that. So we'll, we'll get to Guy Bannister. Uh, he's the one that kind of uh, implicates... Uh, implicates is this the word i'm using yeah i want to use uh guy bannister and there's there's a lot a lot of if very i see okay we're good go ahead all right uh garrison was uh a made famous in the 19 or the early 90s film jfk by oliver stone yeah where he was portrayed by kevin costner and jim garrison himself actually played earl warren in the movie and 
he was the district attorney of New Orleans from 1962 until 1973. And in 1973, he was replaced by Harry Connick Sr., just as a little bit of trivia. Yeah, by the way, Jim Garrison was not as uh, handsome as Kevin Costner. He wasn't a handsome man, Mr. No, Garrison? Mr. Garrison. Uh, Garrison received a tip that a man... That's a great line. That's in the movie. Just, uh, you're a handsome man. Yeah, Who says that? Man. Was it a Kevin Bacon or was it Tommy Lee Jones? It was one of the... One I thought the it was other. Tommy Lee Jones' character. I think it was Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. Does he play guy? He, I he... think Tommy Lee Jones plays uh, Clay Shaw. Clay Shaw. That, yeah. Yes, yes. He plays Clay Shaw. Yeah, yeah. And... You're a handsome man, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Garrison received a tip that a man named David Ferry yeah. may have been involved in the assassination of JFK, and that David Ferry and Oswald had served together in the New Orleans Civil Air Patrol. Yeah, uh, so this is one of those deals where Ferry, I believe that it was, was like, yeah, I don't know him, but then they then they show like a picture of them mm-hmm. like in the Civil Air Patrol. My dad was in the Civil Air Patrol. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, two summers ago, uh, well, actually, yeah, not the summer just passed. The su- yeah, the summer before that. Um, when I was with my ex, we were driving around, uh, and we just got a new Jeep, and we just happened to dr- be driving around in the mountains, and we came across all these people, and we're like, what's going on here? And it was a fucking Civil Air Patrol. Oh, I didn't wow. even know they were still in existence. That's crazy, yeah. And they do a lot of search and rescue and stuff. Oh, nice. And uh, we were talking, and I was like, my dad was in the Civil Air Patrol. You know, like, and I haven't heard about them since. And they were like, oh, and they were telling me, you know, like, I should get my son involved because he's, a, you know, he's a Boy Scout. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. But, you know, like, I don't know. They might fucking get him in trouble, you know, Maybe. and you set him know. up for trying to assassinate somebody. So. And, and Jack Martin is another guy that's in, in uh, involved here. Okay, that's a name I, I don't know. He had gotten into a fight with Guy Bannister, who was a former FBI agent. Right. We, we just brought up Guy Bannister. Yeah. Uh, they got into a fight, and they were brought in by police. Jack Martin gave David Ferry's name to police and told the FBI that he may have hypnotized, uh, that uh, David Ferry may have hypnotized Lee Harvey Oswald into committing the crime. See, this is where it starts to discredit any kind of... Well, let's finish what we're saying here. Okay. Uh, the FBI considered this testimony unreliable. Yeah. Like, no, he didn't hypnotize Lee Harvey Oswald, you idiot. And they released Ferry from questioning. Now, let's not say idiot, by the way. Now, hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. The, the whole idea, if you ever saw the men who stare at goats. Right. Okay. Like, the, the government, this is the shit that they do. They work on shit like that. Right. There was uh I don't know if hypnosis really fucking works. It doesn't be- work like that. Says no. you. Right. Other people will argue and say that it does. So which one's the truth? You that says it doesn't or other people that say it does? You know, do you get, you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Like somebody that I think people really just want to follow what they want to believe. Okay. I, I don't know if hypnosis works like that. You're saying it doesn't. How do you know that it doesn't? Because it's just suggestion. Like it, it's getting somebody deeply relaxed and making a suggestion. It's not going to have them like rewire their thinking. Who says anything about rewiring thinking? Well, I think that's the connotation that people will take hypnotize when there's... I don't think it's rewiring thinking. I think it's it's just, it's like you said, it's relaxing a person. All hip... Anything that I know about hypnosis is basically controlling somebody I, I, that doesn't have to do with rewiring thinking does it I, it's not, I don't think it's really controlling somebody it's well like, i think hypnosis is supposed to be like stage hypnosis is not most of stage hypnosis is you're just convincing somebody to play along that's what a lot of stage hypnosis is uh but like other hypnosis it's more like just so what of, about the people that say 
hypnosis like that because this is the hypnosis we're uh, talking where's about. their evidence is there, what i would say well, well what do you mean how can you prove that you were that like if, if you are getting sta- like hip- hypnotized like stage hypnotized right mm-hmm. let's just call it stage hypnotized because this is the same what this jack martin's talking about with, with guy banister uh-huh it's that's when they're talking about hypnotized it's the same shit that's that's the stage hypnosis they're talking right about, okay how can you prove that? How can you prove what you know that that you were being controlled by somebody? How do you con- how do how do you prove that? That's something that you I don't think you can prove. Well, maybe if he was hypnotized, let's 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 kind of right, let, lean into this theory. Sure, maybe yeah, that's sure. why Oswald was so calm. He was hypnotized. Right there, you go. I think we cracked the case. No. Oh. No, but I'm saying like, how do you how do you prove it? I think that saying somebody was hypnotized and killing the president is an extraordinary claim and you need some extraordinary evidence. That's okay. what I think. How do you how do you provide evidence for that that's a hard thing. That's why they couldn't really ride with what he was saying. Uh but but anyway, in nineteen ninety six, Jack Martin told Jim Garrison the guy Bannister who had since died was part of a gun running operation that included David Ferry yeah. and a local businessman named Clay Shaw. And I don't think it was 1996. I think I have the date wrong there because uh, this was because yeah. because Clay Shaw was already yeah, I think involved this was, in the move. JFK. This, I think this was 19 either 1966. It had been 66 because that's when Garrison was a DA. Gotcha. So 1966, Martin told Garrison that Guy Bannister had since died was part of a gun running operation that included Ferry and a local businessman named Clay Shaw. And when Ferry died in 1967, Clay Shaw became, became Jim Garrison's uh, chief target. Yeah, Guy Bannister died in like 64. And Jim Garrison believed the JFK assassination to be, quote, a homosexual thrill killing. Uh, Clay Shaw was an openly gay man. And Garrison indicted Clay Shaw, who was played by Tommy Lee Jones in JFK, on charges of conspiring with Ferry, Lee Harvey Oswald, and others to murder John F. Kennedy. Shaw is the only, Clay Shaw is the only person ever to be brought to trial for the murder of John F. Kennedy. And he was found not guilty after jurors deliberated for less than an hour. And the decades that followed, photos surfaced, photos surfaced of Oswald and Ferry together in gatherings of the New Orleans Civil Air Patrol in 1955. And in 1979, former CIA director Richard Helms testified during a libel trial that Clay Shaw was a part-time CIA contact who gave the a- agency information gathered during his international travel. So this is uh, an- another thing that I was saying about, like, how things could discredit something like mm-hmm. Jim Garrison could have a fucking he he could throw some names at you. Let's just say that he throws David Ferry right. at you, Clay Shaw, mm-hmm. and you have big players in this uh, guy Bannister. And you, he throws these names at you, and then he throws out homosexual thrill kill, and then it's like you just lost everybody. You know you know what I mean? Like right. th- does it really lend credence now to? Like, like may- maybe there was something to it, but he just kind of fucked up. Maybe by doing that, because I couldn't take it seriously if, if like, yeah, this is a homosexual thrill, you know, uh, right. thrill kill. Like, I don't, I don't believe that that's why it was done. Right. You know, you don't think like we're gay, let's kill the president. I think that 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 didn't happen. Right. <laughs> but also, like, Shaw did have international contacts. You may have had contacts in Cuba. Right. Like, know. like I, I believe that these names could have been, you know, uh, evolved. But what, what, but what was happening this time was that Clay Shaw had sued Jim Garrison 
and an organization that was supporting Jim Garrison for $5 million after he was cleared. Uh, and Shaw actually died of lung cancer before proceedings could begin. And since he had no living heirs, the case was just dropped. But he was trying to sue Jim Garrison before he died. Closer to Dallas, scrutiny fell on a trio of men who have become known as the Three Tramps. These were three men photographed being ex- escorted by police after the shooting. Per Dallas uh, Police Department Sergeant D.V. Harkness, the men were transients that were pulled off a boxcar in a nearby train yard located behind the grassy knoll, with attention drawn to them because they were walked through Dealey Plaza on their way to police station. the police station. So they're like, okay, the police are carrying these three guys. They probably have something to do with this. The suppo- For supposed tramps, the men were very nicely dressed. Uh, people also took note of how carefree some of them looked and how nonchalantly the police were escorting them through. Uh, with their, The police were just kind of casually holding their weapons. It's like the president just got shot. Why aren't you being a little more tight on this? Mm-hmm. The first person to champion the tramps as possibly being involved in the assassination was a man named Richard Sprague, who spent nearly two decades looking into the JFK assassination. Sprague, Sprague compiled photos of the three men being escorted to police or by police and gave them to Jim Garrison, who showed the photos and declared that he was suspicious of the three men during a 1968 appearance on the, the Tonight Show. The identity of the tramps has been subject to debate. Many, including writer A.J. Weberman, believe two of them to be E. Howard Hunt and Frank Sturgis. Yeah. Hunt was a longtime CIA agent and later was the co-architect of the Nixon Watergate burglary, for which he served 33 months in prison. And then Frank Sturgis was one of the burglars working under Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy during Watergate. Sturgis actually worked for Castro forces during the Cuban Revolution, but is rumored to have been a CIA asset at the time. Sturgis claimed in 1976 that he was assigned by the CIA to investigate Cuban exiles who may have been involved in the assassination. He implicated Jack Ruby and Oswald as part of a group including Fidel and Ramon Castro, Che Guevara, and many others, including suspected KGB agents, of being involved in the plot to kill Kennedy. Right. While in prison, James Earl Ray identified another one of the tramps as the infamous Raul who had set him up. And that's why we are doing this episode because when we talked about Raul during the Martin Luther King episode, it yeah, kind of I kept thinking. What was the other uh, like Hispanic name that I kept thinking it was? I don't remember. It was. It was like, so oh, gosh, Manuel. I don't know. No, there was another name that that was being brought up, and then, oh, God, I can't remember what it was because it was like something evolved in Canada. Like there was some kind of. We had James R. Wright said he met Raul in Canada. Right, but there was another name. Yeah, I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. And Charles Harrelson, uh, father of actor Woody Harrelson, was also su- suspected of being one of the three. He was because yeah, one- that guy was a hitman. Yeah, he was wanted at the time for the contract killing of federal judge John H. Wood. And he uh, Harrelson is said to have confessed during a police standoff before being captured, two of being uh, one of the tramps. An associate, Jamil Chagra, said that Harrelson had confessed to him that he had killed Kennedy. Another suspected tramp was Charles Rogers. Rogers was a pilot a suspect in the 1965 Icebox murders where his parents were found dismembered and stored in the refrigerator of the home where they lived with with Charles. Charles was sought as a material witness, but police never found him, and he was declared dead in absentia in 1975, although some people believe that he was not only uh, still alive, but he was also the man that really killed Martin Luther King. And okay. then in, uh, in 1991... Yeah, because some people don't... Like, like we covered, obviously... Uh, James Earl Ray. Mm-hmm. Some people don't believe that he was the one to kill them. Yeah, oh yeah, we totally covered that in the uh, the Martin Luther King yeah. episode. In 1991, during the lead up to the film JFK, a man named Chauncey Marvin Holt also claimed to be the third tramp. 
1992, uh, 1992 book called The Man on the Grassy Knoll, which was co-written by Philip A. Rogers, uh, Rogers claimed to be a CIA agent who impersonated Oswald in Mexico City shortly before the assassination. And he determined that Harrelson, Holt, and Charles Rogers were the three tramps, and that Harrelson was one of the shooters of Kennedy. Officially, Dallas police said that the three men were actual transients named Gus Abrams, Harold Doyle, and John Gedney, who were investigated due to how close they were to the crime scene, but they were ultimately released. Another sinister point, uh, those who believe there's more to the JFK assassination than meets the eye will say, is that the high rate of deaths, and you brought this up, so many people connected to this died. Uh, Many of them dying in unnatural ways. Really, really, really strange fucking ways, yeah. Uh, Gene Hill, nicknamed the Lady in Red due to the color of the coat she wore, as seen in the Zapruder film. Zapruder. Zapruder, sorry. uh, Claimed that members of the Warren Commission fabricated her testimony. She also claimed that pictures she had taken were confiscated and destroyed. You do actually hear that a lot about like ca- there a lot of people's cameras and stuff, yeah. and people will be like, "Isn't there like another video besides the Sapruder film that just hasn't seen the light of day?" There's there's different angles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she also claimed that uh, pictures she had taken were confiscated and destroyed. A Secret Service agent told her that a bullet had struck at his feet, and that she uh, she had seen. Oh, I'm sorry. A Secret Service agent told her that a bullet had struck at his feet and that she had seen smoke lingering near the corner of a picket fence by the grassy knoll, uh, but she just was kind of disregarded. Like you were saying, like they just didn't really take in, into account her testimony. And Hill claimed to have received death threats and had once to... Had, oh, my goodness. And had once discovered her brakes had been cut. I, I think the best thing to do is not call attention to your, like, your flubs. Yeah. You know. uh, she died of a blood disease on November 7, 2000, at the age of 69. So well, and a lot of things, too, like uh, that you'll see is is when shots rang out, a lot of people ran up towards the grassy knoll. Yeah. Like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like a handful, like like two or three, like a shitload of people. There's there's video and there's pictures of like 50, 60 fucking people running up that right. way. It like police running up there too. And apparently there was a guy, like there were like agents mm-hmm. that were up there, like, you know, right. like to go back down. They were calling people away from it. Uh there's stuff this is stuff that you can look up. And come to your, you know, your own conclusion, because that's all you can do, because there are so many people that you have so many different things because it was so chaotic. Right. You know, that people could have been there shooting uh, because when you're not expecting it to happen, you know, you don't. Yeah. You, you don't you don't know because everybody's that's nobody's focused on other things who's really looking around when a president is coming down the street yeah you know what i mean like you're just focused on the president you're focused yeah. on the president you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so yeah with, you know like i said earlier with a case like this you're, we're never gonna know we're never gonna know but but you really can come to your own conclusion right so. and and depending on the account as many as 103 deaths have been cited by one analyst or another uh, as possibly being witnesses or otherwise knowledge of people who were killed way before their time and in an, an unnatural way. Yeah, this includes gangsters like Sam Giancana and others like Clay Shaw, David Ferry, Jack. Yeah, Ruby. there's a guy. Even Jimmy Hoffa has been said. Oh, it's weird that he died. There's a guy who, um, man, he was he was he was uh, interviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had kind of like maybe like a, I think like a flat top haircut and like horn rim glasses. And he was Zodiac killer. No. And he was talking a lot of like, he was talking about it and like given all this stuff. And apparently he was ran off the side of the road, Mm -hmm. you know, now 
how we would know he would be run off the side of the road, I don't know. And and even uh, a KKK leader from Georgia named Joseph Miltier is said to have told a Miami police informant that a murder of Kennedy was in the working about two weeks before Kennedy died. And then Miltier himself died after a heater explosion in his home in 1974. <laughs> uh, critics, most no- notably Gerald Posner, who was the author of a uh, pro lone gunman, lone nut theory book called Case Closed, contend that a decade plus seeing roughly 100 deaths over the 10,000 people who were connected to the Warren Commission's investigation is not shocking. Oh, positive. Yeah, I had this guy. I do, uh, I do not like him. <laughs> he also points out that uh, not all died in unnatural ways. 24 died of heart attacks, although some say that those symptoms could be replicated by poisoning. Yeah. Uh, 14 died of cancer, and many lived on for decades. Uh, one case, Jack Ruby, he found particularly interesting. Ruby died of a pulmonary embolism related to lung cancer in 1967, shortly after his death sentence in the Oswald killing was overturned. Ruby told friends and family that he was being injected with cancer cells, which isn't known to actually cause censor, cancer, and that 25 million Jews had been slaughtered in the prison below him. Hmm. Posner's list doesn't cover all of the people that some people suspect was censored, because I actually looked through his book to try to do some research on this, Yeah, uh, and he kind of goes through like 103 different people and like just the way they died. Uh, there's a lot of angles here. Like I said, there's no way we're going to possibly cover all of them. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to kind of add? Or No, I, I you know, n- nothing more t- today uh, than to say, hey, just do your own research. If this is something that interests yeah, this you. This is kind of like an entry point. Uh, l- look at all the different. Look at all the different. Uh, fir- first of all, look, look at what. Look at the Sapruder film. Look at all of the just common knowledge stuff not the conspiracy theory stuff look look at look at the regular case stuff first look at the warren commission stuff and then start to seek out other uh interviews and and different things that were that were being documented and taken like like the uh the, the rifle like about how the first um the first cops that were on the scene in the in the room, the sixth right, or the sixth I, I, floor. I should have put that in here. Yeah, you're. Go ahead. Uh, about how they they put down like they have a different gun. Yeah, type. they had they didn't have it as a Malikar Carcano. I forget what they had. No, they, yeah, they had it as like a German uh, yeah. rifle, and um, you know, there's things and other people say, oh, that's easily explainable. He just you know he thought that it was this, but it was just because it's very similar looking. Sure, you know, and there's theories to that. There's like. No, this this gun was actually uh this gun was used and left there, but then it was replaced later. Right. We don't fucking know. We don't know. But this cop seemed to to maintain, no, I saw this gun. And he said that no, this guy like knew his shit. He knew his guns, and he said that it was this, and um there there are a lot of different things to this. Uh it's extremely interesting. May you, you know, just I, I think it's you basically have to come to your own conclusion you know yeah, as there, i said multiple there's, times there's so much out there there is uh there's so much to read there's so many videos youtube has a million different interviews with different people uh that, that were happening and i think i think the best thing to do is look at the interviews that were happening right afterwards because you can come up and you can manufacture stories uh for and i'm talking people that that like obviously if you're intelligence or you're something like that you have to follow a script, but if you're just a, a bystander that has your own, uh, you know, version of, of what happened, it's probably going to be a lot closer to what really fucking happened. And there are a lot of them 
there are a lot of them that are similar that do not, uh, you know, gel with the uh, Warren Commission. Right. Uh, so I like to look at a lot of those things. And like, you know, what like an older person in 1963 is talking about. And I like to look at look at that, you know, and go, wow, because I, I feel that there's more truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Look at all that stuff. There's there's plenty of books. There's um, at some point I'll have a list of names and be like, OK, this is who I think that you should really look at. And not this fucking Gerald Posner dude. I, I fucking hate him. Well, he's, he's a writer. I, I don't think he was involved. <laughs> he was just writing a book. No, no, no. It's just there's there are, there are people that it's like like the two big books on that side of things, like the pro-establishment story of that one. And I forget the name of the one that Vincent Bugliosi wrote, but he was the guy that wrote Helter Skelter. I think he actually prosecuted the Manson case. Right. There are the two ones that kind of really made big pro. Um, so just to give my thing, I think Lee Harvey Oswald was involved in some way. But I don't think he was a shooter. I think that there was probably another shooter up there or two uh, on the sixth floor. I think that he was in that building. He was supposed to be in that building. Yeah, he worked there. I think. I, no, but I think yeah. he worked there for a reason. Oh, okay. Um, I think he got that job. He was it because I think it was. I think. I think it was one of those deals. Like he knew something and then and then he like fucking figured and i think it was like shit i need to get the fuck out of dodge right and then maybe you know i don't know what happened with him and Tippett and uh you know him run like leaving and going to because he got on the bus and then a few blocks later gets off the bus and gets on a taxi cab and then and then goes to the uh place that he was staying at the boarding house apparently gets a, a revolver right comes out and then, because I think, what I think is at that point, he goes, I got to get my fucking gun. Right. Because something like, oh shit. They're going to pin this on me. Yeah. I, th- I think he kind of fucking had an idea. And then, and then maybe like something, because I don't know. I, I don't know 100%. And then somehow Tippett gets, does he kill Tippett? I know he's blamed for it. Right. Was it really him? Did somebody else do it? Like, I don't know. Uh, and then why is he at the, why does he decide to go and hide in a fucking movie theater? There's so many weird things about this and you could say, cause he was crazy, but he was sane enough to fucking, but he's like to, to be that calm and collected during th- this killing. But now he fucking goes to a movie theater and he's sitting there. I think that the, I think that that was a meeting place. I think that's where he was supposed to go, mm-hmm. you know, it, for at some point, I, I I don't I don't know. I think there's a lot to it. The, the, there's a lot of this that we'll never be able to fucking we'll never know. Yeah, because the people are dying off that would know. And when people do talk, it's like there's so many different people. Like how you know not everybody can be a fucking killer for this guy. Didn't right. Richard Kuklinski say that he shot JFK? Uh, no, I think that might have been a different one. Are you sure? It might have been JFK. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Kuklinski fucking said that he did it too. Oh, uh, I, not everybody could have shot JFK. Right. You know what I mean? It can only have been like a few people at the most. It's. I, I think that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes it, it's just things like that. Then it fucks up the you know the idea that it could have been an inside job or that you know that it could have been a conspiracy theory. When when you start to see all this goofy shit surrounding it, right. Uh, that that people are gonna go. Ah, there's so much craziness. It just must have been Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, 
I don't think so. I don't think it was just him. I think it was, I think that there was a big fucking thing that was, I think it was in the works for a little bit. And, uh, and then people started dying. People started fucking, you know, people started dying and, uh, yeah, I don't know. At some point we'll have, we'll have more names and maybe like a follow up or something. Yeah. Like that. We'll do like an addendum maybe next week or whenever. I don't know about next week. But anyway, do you know, uh, do you happen to remember how we, we finish these shows? Yeah, we uh we just sign off. We nope, say everybody nope, nope. have you you have a good night and nope, uh nope, you say go home and take care of your iguana. I don't think we ever do that. But we do do this. It's time for another game of who died the worst. That's right, it's time for everybody's favorite game, Who Died the Worst? It's not Who Died the Funniest, it's not Who Died the First. The name of the game is Who Died the Worst? I know this game. And it's a little bit different this time. Normally it's just three unfortunate deaths, and you tell me who died the worst of the yeah. three. On uh, this one, it's political figures who yeah. may or may not have been murdered. Murder. Yeah, so uh, we're going with some historical political assassinations. Possibly. Okay. Uh, the first one is sure. a very famous guy you may have heard of. His name is Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. And while the French leader's cause of death was officially stomach cancer, there are many who believe that he was either intentionally or unintentionally poisoned. Quote, I die before my time, murdered by the English oligarchy and its assassin, a terminally ill Napoleon wrote while char changing his will three weeks before his death. Napoleon may have been poisoned, but it may not have been intentional. When his body was exhumed nearly 20 years after his death, those who viewed it remarked how well-preserved it was, which is a hallmark of arsenic poison poisoning. Okay. Apparently, arsenic poisoning will help you preserve your body. Okay. And that's something they look for when they, they got people that they suspect of being poisoned. That's so cool. I always had this weird, like, morbid uh, thing where I kind of, like, I want to see what, like, historical figures look like if, right. we, if we were to just open their casket today. Mm -hmm. Like, would you do that? Would you walk around... If there was like, if there were like a hundred caskets in a row, right, that we could open them up of like historical figures to mm -hmm. see what they look like today, would you go there? And no, look? really, no. Dead bodies creep me out. Dead bodies creep me out too. But I think that it's so long ago that it's like, like I told you the story before about how uh, on the plane crash you had Richie Valens and the Big Bopper, right. um, and uh, who's the other one? Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Um, the day the music died. Yep. Uh, that there was always a rumor that the big bopper was actually shot. Right. There was always a rumor that, that went around that he was shot. And, um, so big bopper junior, who apparently looks just like his dad, uh, had the body exhumed mm -hmm. and they open up the casket and there's big bopper who, like they said, was just perfectly intact. Maybe he was poisoned by arsenic. <laughs> right, yeah. I think we broke the case. Uh, they said his body was just a little gray, and he was a little thinner, and I guess, I guess maybe, which made his hair look a little bit longer. Right. Because the... Because they always say your hair grows, but it's more like your body your recedes. Your body recedes, right. Yeah, it's like your fingernail. Maybe your fingernails do grow, you know, a little bit, because they, they said that about... Uh, I had a friend named Michelle. She was actually... It was, it was like she hung around the same circles as, you know, as us. Uh, but anyway, they said the same thing with her. They said, like, when she died, like, when she was, like, her her nails got, like, longer. 
Oh, wow. And the thing, like, obviously not a whole lot. It's just creepy. But anyway, um, yeah, who knows? But but the they uh, they exhumed his body. They opened it up and they said, yeah, it was just like kind of great. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. I wanted to see what he looked like. I wanted to see pictures. Right. Like what I what does creep me out, though, is when I do look and I do this sometimes, I will look at celebrities in caskets. Oh, OK. And that is creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. But I think if it if like so much time elapses, like 50 years, 60 years, it's a little different if you open it up today. I think it's less creepy for me mm-hmm. than if it's like a freshly fucking dead body. Right. You know, like you, it would be like seeing the big bopper's body and and or seeing Kobe Bryant's body. I wouldn't want to see yeah. Kobe Bryant's body. Yeah. But like, but if you opened up the casket, like for George Washington. Right. Or JFK or something like that. Oh, dude, fucking real. Fucking real. I'd be on all over that. But um, so, yeah, back to Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon. Uh, they tested his hair in the 1960s and the same thing with his wife and his son. And they did find elevated levels of arsenic in, in the hair samples. But that was common for people who lived at that time, especially people of means, wealthier people like Napoleon and his family. Uh, arsenic was used as a weed killer in Napoleon's time, a rat poison. It was used in makeup. Yeah. It was used in pigments for paint. It was used in a lot of things. So, but but I think that with with that, it's kind of like yeah. But it was so common that we kind of right take away from the fact that he could have been poisoned. Right. We're yeah. Saying, you know, more lethal possibly though were some of the medical treatments Napoleon underwent for his cancer. He was given chemicals that we now know are very poisonous: a uh, tartar emetic for stomach pain, mercurous chloride for uh, to induce vomiting. In 2004, a panel of doctors gathered, and they determined his death was due to, quote, medical misadventure. But there are some who still believe that he was poisoned, and there are a lot who still believe also that he just died of the stomach cancer. Yeah. But death number one is Napoleon, who maybe was either possibly poisoned or possibly just died from arsenic exposure due to, like, makeup and paint and shit like that. Okay. Uh, death number two is a man named Jan Masaryk. He was a foreign minister in the former Czechoslovakia who wound up being the lone member of the Liberal Party when the USSR-allied Communist Party seized, seized power over the country. Uh, Mazarek was known to be despondent over the development and was found dead on the ground below the window of his flat a month after the Communists took power. And most thought this was a suicide and maybe even a political statement that he sacrificed himself in protest, but only members of the Communist Party were allowed near his body after he died. Uh, Mazarek was a larger man, and people doubted that he would have traveled as far away from the base of the building. His body landed about six and a half feet away from the building uh, if he was killing himself. Uh, Mazarek also tried to land on his feet, which is something that was very uncommon in suicides. So most people tend to think he was probably thrown out of the window. Yeah, I was going to say pushed or something. Yeah. Yeah. So death number two is most likely you were pushed out of a window by communists. Yeah. Um, death number three. Uh, the strange circumstances surrounding the death of West German politician Uwe Barschel are still debated to this day. As far as we know, the situation began in 1987 when a phone bugging scandal forced Barschel out of office. The politician was, ca- was called to the capital of West Germany to testify about the manner, but as described by the New York Times, he never made it there. His corpse was found in a bathtub in Geneva, Switzerland, with no signs of drowning or bullet wounds. Suicide? Murder? No one really knew. To make things even more disturbing, the reports that the reason that Barshall had gone to Geneva... Oh, he'd gone to Geneva, Switzerland. Sorry, not the capital of uh, of West Germany. He'd gone to Switzerland. 
Uh, he was there to meet with a mystery man who was supposedly offering help Barshall with his scandal case. The official ruling was suicide, but the puzzle had and still has a lot of missing pieces. The most prevalent conspiracy theory is that Barshall may have been targeted by the Israeli intelligence a- agency Mossad because of public denials um, rarely making things better. I know him. It's the Neon Ninja. That's Fassad. Hmm. Uh, in 2010, the Jerusalem Post reported that Israel Foreign Ministry spokesman Egal Pamor publicly denied that Mossad had any involvement in, in Barshall's death. Um, I know him. So he's part of the. Uh, he's part of that. That's that, Marcel Barthel. God damn it! Yeah. Um, so yeah, death number two is just you wind up dead, in the, or death number three is just kind of wind up dead in the bathtub. Yeah. So death number one is possible arsenic poisoning, but maybe stomach cancer. Uh-huh. Death number two is you're most likely thrown out a window. Yeah. Death number three is you just wind up dead in the bathtub, and nobody knows how it happened. But they okay. say suicide. Okay. All right. This one's kind of tough uh, because... It's a little outside the box. It's a little different from a normal who died the worst. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little tough. Okay, so first one, death by misadventure. Medical AKA, misadventure. Medical misadventure, a.k.a. Uh, poisoning, a.k.a. stomach cancer. Not a.k.a., but... No, possibly. Possibly, yeah. Um, we have that. Okay. Yeah, probably thrown out a window, maybe right. suicide. And then, and, and, t- tell me this bathroom one again. Uh, nobody really knows what happened. He wasn't shot or stabbed or drowned. He just wound up being found dead in the bathtub. Okay. But they think it was suicide. What year was this? 1987. Did they do an autopsy? Uh, I don't know. See, okay. So, uh, here, here's, how, here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw that one out first. Okay. Just because you don't know? Just because we don't know. Right. We don't, there's not enough on it. Okay. Guy dies in a bathtub. How old was he? What kind of shape was he in? Did they do an autopsy? You know, they, they said it could be like, they don't know how it happened. They think it could be suicide, but how did he slit? If if, if you slit his wrist, yeah, I don't know. then we would know. That's a good question. Did he have a heart attack? Do an autopsy and you would know. Right. You know, there there's... They may have. I may just not have that in my in my notes here. Right. And and if they did right. So that's why I need to get rid of All that right, one. That one's first. disqualified. Okay. Yeah, it's so gotta we're be... down the two. We're down the Napoleon and the uh Czechoslovakian guy. I don't know. I actually wanna I have my winner. I have my winner. I'm not gonna change it. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Okay. Who would your winner be? My winner would be the Czechoslovakian guy. That's who my winner is. Because we it, it seems almost definite that, that guy was murdered. And if, if you're trying to let, unless it was a thing where he jumps and last minute is like, shit, fuck, I don't really want to do this. This is real. But he traveled really far for that to be the case. Like he traveled like six feet out instead of going straight down. Right. Right. I'm pretty sure he was thrown out of that. He's window. probably thrown out of the fucking window. Yeah. And, and that would be terrifying because you're just thinking I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead for the few seconds before, unless you do the George Cronin thing where you pretend to roll a boat. Which yeah, I always that'd be, that'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, so number two. Is- yeah, I, I'm with you on there. I think that's the worst. Yeah. And and there you have it. And there you have our return to the world of casting the pods. Yeah, it wasn't as concise and uh, compacted as I wanted it to be. But uh, you know what? I should not have, because uh, I was telling somebody, I was like, yeah, we like to keep it within an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, this one's probably going to be, what, two hours? Yeah, just about. But here's the thing. Is that this is a bigger episode? It's JFK. What the fuck did you know? What the fuck did I expect? I should have known that this is going to be yeah, it's a big uh, one, a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about. You said you have an idea. Yeah, I, I, do, should we say it? Or? Sure, because I don't know. We're going to be talking about, uh, I believe they're called the Toolbox Killers. Oh, you did tell me that, yeah. actually. You did tell me that. I believe that's what they were called. I think somebody, something like that, we probably can keep within an hour. This is more hour, traditional true crime. Yeah. Yeah, this one is a little, like I said, it's it's been, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we You know, you can look at this and go, well, you didn't do a fucking great job. I'm sorry. I thought uh, I did pretty good. It's, you know, look, ring rust, man. Uh, yeah, Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. They're the two guys we'll be talking about. Or you would, as you would say, Norris. Norris, yeah. Uh, uh, next week. And I want I want you guys, if you're really interested in JFK, to, to remember names like Guy Bannister uh, and do research on that. Man, there's a guy that he was born in Philly. Uh, he put out a bunch of books that that have... Um, I, I guess you could just do that. Like, just somehow... Just try to like in, in your Google search, put out like fil- like Philadelphia author because I think he died in like Maryland. Hmm. So maybe if you somehow tie in like JFK author, Philadelphia, Maryland, maybe if you, you know, you do some kind of like search uh, string with, you know, with these terms in there, uh, maybe it'll, it, it'll pop up. Uh, this guy's got some really cool stuff. Uh, there's so fucking much. There's so much with the JFK case um and yeah. Lee harvey oswald like we were saying just use this as a springboard and and look at it yourself and you'll find quite a bit of interesting things yeah so anything else before we call us a show no this is we don't it is a show it is it's yeah. definitely a show yeah so well if i don't see you through the week i'll see you through the window and we will see you next week with more murder my dude Ah, we forgot one. Hmm. Not trying to say it was aliens.